Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Big Apple Hockey, and we're doing it during the day. How about that? Because we've got all three of us together. One of us is in nice and sunny Florida. I won't say who. Probably the guy that's got it in his description that's right there. And uh, let's just get to the introductions. I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams, the face-off extraordinaire for the K-Stars. And I'm joined by the host of the final buzzer in sunny Florida, Mr. John Fulkowski. Need a win tonight. Vladimir Tarasenko, Rangers wagon is moving. Let's see if uh, they make another acquisition real soon. I keep hearing uh, names uh, being thrown around uh, that we'll get to in a little bit. But there's a certain name that continues to get thrown around despite the Rangers already making their big moves. So we'll talk about that in a bit. But I'm enjoying yeah. life down here. It's just about 79, 80 degrees, somewhere in that range. Life is good. And, of course, the man who really needed six points this week and got to Mr. Anthony LaRocco. And Mark, what, what's the difference between you and Mikey Anderson on the L.A. Kings? What's the difference? Well, one of you didn't just sign an eight-year contract for $4.1 million, so you should take that and laugh because you'll never see that money. But that's the difference. <laughs> that's the difference between you two, amongst well, many I mean, others. Yeah, like uh, an eight-year contract? What? This is what they're just yeah. they're just handing those out like candy. It's like Oprah going, you get a contract. You get eight years. You get eight years. You get it. Like, you, get it. you get it. You get it. You get it. Oh, oh I, I, I love it whenever they do that, especially when there's like a, a free agent that sets the market like a few years ago when it was Tom Wilson money. But everybody, don't forget, uh, you can always catch our 60-second reviews. I try to get as many of them in as I can. And for the Ranger games, check out the final buzzer with that man right there, Mr. John Polkowski. But maybe able to do one tonight. I'm not 110% positive. I'll see what uh, the travel schedule holds for me. So, and also you can check out more articles this week. Uh, we had on uh, it, how Bull Horvat's new contract might have changed the perception of the New York Islanders, and much more. So check those out. And also, we are now available on the Hockey Podcast Network. So we're going to start, though, with our A block with the New York Islanders. This week, the New York Islanders 0-1-2 versus the Canucks, Canadians, and Senators. Uh, it, it, they're right now sitting in sixth place in the Metro with uh, – oh, actually, I'm sorry. It's not 59. It is 60 points. That's what they got. Um, 61, I'm sorry. And their goal differential plus yeah, six. Right. Sorry, you know, I, I no, forgot one more. Mark at it again. <laughs> well, I have it updated right here where I have the standings. We're going to go further into that. He but got Anthony, that one correct. He didn't get the other one correct. Yes, yes. <laughs> I missed one number. So what happens. Well, you know, I'm, I, I, had, I had a late Valentine's Day dinner, and, uh, and yeah, everything's buddy. going nicely with that. So Yeah, buddy, there you go. <laughs> um. Anthony, the Islanders, I originally had it the next seven games. The Islanders next 11 games now versus the Pens at the Bruins, uh, at the Pens versus Winnipeg versus L.A. at Winnipeg at Minnesota versus Detroit versus Buffalo at Pittsburgh and versus Washington. Do you look at uh, now first, does the Islanders season hinge on this week? Uh, Yeah, you know, they they have before getting to it, just transpired last week you know they're they're only you know one point behind sorry uh two points behind pittsburgh um pittsburgh has the games in hand but 
big butt. They play each other twice in the next three games. So yes, Mark, those those games are going to be are going to be immensely important yes. to the Islanders if they want to if they want to catch the Penguins. Um, you know, they beat them the first time they played quite easily. So hopefully, uh, you know, they could have that success again against the Pens. But yeah, these next three games, more specifically against the Penguins, could determine their season. Um, you know, you win both of those, you put yourself in a pretty good situation. And then don't forget that they're only one point behind Washington. So picking up points against Pittsburgh will help them, you know, pass the Caps too. who we'll only have one game in hand and a one-point lead. So, um, I mean, that's the good news. Despite the travesty that just occurred with them uh, this past week, the fact they're still only, you know, one point out of a playoff spot. Um, you know, it's funny. No one seems to want to just take take the ball and run away with this. Yeah. Pittsburgh, Washington, or eh, you know, Florida just got waxed by St. Louis last night. Um, so no one, I mean, no one's, and this is why the Islanders are lucky. No one's taking the ball and running away, running away from them. They're still, they're still in this. But man, they have to. They have to win these next couple of games, and it just, it just really eats at me the fact that they had a four-two lead against Vancouver and blew it. Um, they let Montreal tie the game with three minutes left, had a power play in overtime, and then lose right after the penalty expired because Barzell made a dumb pass. And then in Ottawa, I mean, they made a, a rookie goalie look like Patrick Wall. I mean, I give credit to him; he he played really well. Um, but again, they had a power play in overtime in that game. Uh, and they didn't convert, and they lose in a shootout, which is no surprise. They've been terrible in the shootout over the. I think they lost twelve of the last fourteen shootouts. Um, but you know, those they they realistically could have had six points for sure, um, and they came away with two. So it, it sucks, but um, you know, again, I'm going to try to be glass half full here uh, and just say that they're they're right in at one point behind Washington. They have to win these hockey games. They have to win these games against Pittsburgh. Um, and then, you know, really kind of go from there. But the one thing I'll say is that I, I, I think Lane Lambert is is starting to come a little bit of an issue here with these trends that we're seeing with the, with the team. Um, you know, blowing leads is pretty uncharacteristic of them. Um, there just seems like they're not responding to him already, which I, I wouldn't have said would have happened, you know, just about halfway through a season. But um, it, they're not. I mean, they're, they're playing soft in front of the net. I mean, the game against Vancouver, boys, three of the six Canucks goals, the Canucks players were standing all alone in front of Sorokin, just able to take away his eyes by waving the stick, trying to get deflected, and just being right in front. And no no one's clearing out the front of the net. You saw it last night. Um, Ottawa's power play goal that made it 2-1, Brady Kachuk. He was yep. all alone in front. Scott Mayfield was like was by him but he didn't do anything to put a stick on him. And Kachuk was just able to redirect the pass. So it's something they're just not, they're not playing tough in front of the net. They're not, they're not being hard on sticks and being hard on pucks. Um, and it's costing them. I mean, the game in Montreal, Josh Anderson's goal that tied the game with three, three, uh, three minutes left. What do you think it was? He was in the slot. He got it. He got a stick on a puck and deflected it. No one's tying him up. No one's moving out of the way. And it's, it's hurting them. They, they really need to clean up that part of the game. And I think that's on Lane Lambert. I, I really do. I know the players determine the outcomes of games, but from what I'm seeing blowing leads and whatnot, um, I don't, I don't really have much faith in him. And I will say if they miss the playoffs, I, I think he's going to be a one-year coach. I, I think he's gone. That's, that's my opinion. Wow. Um, but that... him, you guys, uh, yeah, no must Friday against Pittsburgh must win. Must win and get your back, get yourself back into a playoff spot. 
take that win yeah. and then, you know, beat them again on, on Monday or Tuesday when they play again. And that's not even counting Boston on Saturday. But the, the games against Pittsburgh, those are the ones that are hugely important. Yeah, well, you you look at that and you, you say to yourself, when we were having this discussion last week, the Islanders were, what, one point back of them with yeah. four games in hand. And we were talking about, you know, how the Islanders could take these three games. Pittsburgh could lose one or two yeah. of their next few games and they could lose that games in hand. And now all of a sudden, now the Islanders are fighting an uphill battle. And it's because, like you said, I, I agree with you, Lane Lambert – how how many how many times have I asked the question of how long is this going to take for them to transition from Trotz's system to Lambert's? Like how how long can we keep saying oh transitional issues transitioning to a new system? How long can we keep using that excuse? Like I, we're what fifty three games in for the Islanders now. I I think it's time that they've already learned the system and you know adapted to it. You know these are professional hockey players, so you have to start asking the question. And I I, I think you're right by doing so and and bringing that up, Anthony's. You know, when does the coach start getting put on the hot seat for this? Because this is this this is a better team than the one that Trotz had last year with all the COVID yes. injury, uh, the COVID, uh, you know, outages or the you know, missing games and the injuries and everything like that. And you, you just got Bo Horvat on top of that and, and your team is still not responding. So, you know, I, I, I do agree with you. I see a lot of the same things that I said earlier on with Gerard Gallant and the Rangers. They don't look like they're responding. It looks like he's lost the room. And for a first-year coach to lose the room like that, especially when he's been an assistant for, for how long under Trotz? Was he, was he uh, all four yeah, seasons he, under Trotz? He came, he came with Trotz the same year. Yeah. He came with Trotz. So that, that's bad. This is a guy that should, have, that should command respect. He's been around the, uh, the room for a while. So all these guys yeah. know him with the exception of maybe Horvat. You know? yeah. So – for me, um, I, I do agree with you. I, I think that you have to definitely take a look at Lane Lambert, and I think some of the onus is going to have to start to fall on his shoulders very soon. And I, I honestly, I never would have thought that you could see a one-year coach, but there's a precedent for coaches coming in one year and then getting removed later. Yeah, uh, was it Todd Rudin? What, didn't Todd Rudin only last a year in Washington? I think yeah, he lasted two years in Washington. Was it two? two okay. Years? Yeah. But I mean, Mike Keenan in New York. I mean, uh, uh, extraneous circumstances. You know, given mostly of his own doing, yeah, of course. But I mean, it's not like there's no precedent to fire a, a new coach after one year when you, when you see that the, you know, the the situation just isn't working. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. I didn't get to watch the, the Ottawa game, but that Vancouver game and the Montreal game, like again, Islanders known for real good defensive play, you know, attention to detail and. The the fact that they just were letting guys go open left and right in those games. I mean, you said the Josh Anderson goal. Uh, that yeah. one. What what the hell was he doing all, all alone in front? If I, I recall mean, correctly, were, wasn't there two guys in front on that? Yeah, but it, 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 I I think so. I think you might be right about that. But there was um, two. He's just the one that got his stick on the puck. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Kirby but, Doc, but, I believe, was also there. Yeah. And then, I mean, the overtime goal was Barzal being an idiot. I'm not going to put that on Lambert or, or the rest of the team. It's just you, you can't be that stupid on a power I'm going to make a point overtime. about that in a second, Phil. Go ahead. Yeah, but um, it's it just uncharacteristic defensive breakdowns where guys are being left open, assignments are being blown left and right, and you're just wondering, like, are they ever going to be able to play the defensive hockey that they played under Barry Trotz? Because – 
you know, come playoff time with trots, this team was an absolute nightmare to play against in the playoffs because they worked you and you had to play such a patient game to break that system, to break their, to break the defensive structure. And you don't really have to do that with this Islander team. And even if they make the playoffs, do you like as an Islander fan, Anthony, would you really feel as confident with Lambert at the helm at this point? Like I, I, I wouldn't personally, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I mean, they weren't making these types of mistakes on the regular with trots nearly as much as they have with Lambert. So, well, one of the points I'm going to make is just specifically for the Montreal and the Ottawa games, they had a, a four on three power play in overtime and both times their, their power play just got stagnant and you their basically could horrible, replace right? them with cones or knock or uh, bubble hockey players. Like the, I think in the Montreal game, what really got them in trouble on it was they, they ended up the one time guys did move. They moved a Barzell and uh, Dobson switched places. Dobson had a couple shots blocked and then, then it gets back to Barzell. He goes, it goes by him. Yes. It was a bad play. Everybody could kill him for it. And then, uh, the defenseman goes in the uh, uh, and just scores right after that. So it's kind of it, it like it, when you get guys that stop moving, it's easy to defend against a team like that. And that's what happens sometimes with the Islanders. And, and you know, look, maybe the Canucks game was just the, the Vancouver Canucks saying, let's go out and beat our former captain. Maybe you could throw that away. But man, that Montreal game and then, the, the Ottawa game right after that. I know Ottawa is getting their game together more on them in the bar talk, but it's just, that's, that's no excuse. The Islanders are a better team than this. They got a, they got a goalie that's having a great season and they, they have to jump from Bo Horvat, who it does have leadership qualities. He was the captain of the Canucks. So it is possible then turn things around. It's just, they're, it's getting late early out there as Yogi Berra would say, and it's getting to, to do that right now. It's also kind of funny, by the way, because when you work with guys that are as smart as these two are, they jump ahead on the questions because the next question was going to be how much blame is on Lane Lambert, but they already answered that one. So, uh, and what's the final word? What do you expect from, uh, what do you expect from them next week? You think that's going to be better efforts because it's better teams? Well, it, it, sh- it should be uh, better efforts. I mean, they're, they're playing, you know, they're essentially, you know, playing for their season because they're you can't they're getting a lot of gifts right now with with teams losing, um, which is why some of these comments I mean are kind of like I, I want to say almost like an ignorant Ranger fan. Like a lot of teams do real poorly. They're one point behind Washington. They don't need a lot of teams to play poorly to miss the playoffs. They simply need to see start winning hockey games because they're right there with the other teams, um, and that's the point. They're right there. They just need to start winning hockey games and stop blowing leads and. Uh, play with more urgency, play cleaner, you know, be strong on your sticks, be strong on the puck in front of the net, move guys out. Um, They just have to get back to essential basics. Cause I mean, right now it's not really their offense. That's, that's hurting them right now. It's actually more so their defense, which is something I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't think I would have said, you know, a long time ago. No, Um, they need to play better defensively uh, and give, give their goaltenders help, you know, not let guy, stand in front of them and take their eyes away because chances are they have two really good goalies if they see the puck they're going to stop it so um i expect them to play a real spirited game against pittsburgh um they have to because if they don't 
they're they're not going to catch Pittsburgh. And I'll say to, to obviously to increase your playoff chances, you want at least two playoff spots that are realistically up up for grabs. You want to be able to catch Washington and Pittsburgh. If you lose to Pittsburgh both games, you're not going to catch them anymore, and that just leaves one team that you can catch in the Capitals. So you want more options, uh, give yourself a little more leeway. So um, they have to win the game, win the games against Pittsburgh, and then you know go from there. And uh, I, I'll say this: if if they stay you know, one point out or even in a playoff spot come the trade deadline, I think Lou is going to do something else. You know, he's 80 years old. Um, I think this is his last dance. Uh, he wants to win and make the playoffs, and I see him doing something because, again, I, I don't – unless, of course, he wants to walk away. If he's done, then maybe, you know, he won't care. But the fact that he made the Horvat trade tells me that's not the case. So I still think he wants to be a general manager. So I, I have to assume, um, you know, like I said, if they stay around this – this area that they're in one point out or in a wild card spot, he's going to make another move. Uh, but this week is going to really, these next three games is going to determine which way he goes for sure. And we're going to discuss those three games in one more minute, but also Anthony th- Pittsburgh three times in the next 11 games, you're going to get the capitals too. Detroit who's chasing yeah. the Islanders with games mm-hmm. in hand, Buffalo who's chasing the Islanders with games in hand, LA who's given whatever day it is, they're the top of the Pacific and Winnipeg that's nipping at the Dallas Stars heels. This is this is a lot of this there's a lot of good hockey that can be played and the Islanders could also make up some ground by winning all three games in regulation against the Pittsburgh Penguins. All right that's everybody cuz we're going to shift gears over to the New York Rangers who uh they made kind of a couple headlines. Fortunately I have the 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 points right on this one. They're right now sitting at seven points, third in the Metropolitan Division, plus 37 goals uh, differential. That is just jumping higher and higher. Right now, the Rangers go out to Western Canada this week. They got the Canucks, the Oilers, and the Calgary Flames before they come home for the Winnipeg Jets. Phil, I don't know if you heard it. There were some headlines that happened last week. Thursday that the Rangers got Vladimir Tarasenko, and then Friday he scores on his first shot as a New York Ranger, and then Saturday night, in the clash between them and the Carolina Hurricanes, Artemi Panarin scores four goals in the game. First, I guess, because we never got your thoughts on the Tarasenko trade, but what is also the effect Tarasenko is having on the New York Rangers? Well, I was asked to describe this trade on Twitter. You know, some mutuals asked me to talk about it, and uh, I said that this trade would rejuvenate him. And... He definitely looks rejuvenated. There's a smile on his face again. Um, Artemi Panarin is extremely happy, and he's he's got um, you know, obviously he's got some jump in his step. He had uh, between those two games, I believe he had six points in those two in those two games, Friday and Saturday, uh, five uh, against Carolina, and then you know the assist on the Tarasenko goal against Seattle, but. Um, Panarin has just been phenomenal since this trade has occurred. There's life in his game again. There's life in Tarasenko's game. Um, he just gives the Rangers more depth. He allows them to push other, you know, wingers down the lineup. Now Jimmy VC can't play in your top line anymore. Um, I think they still need another middle, middle or top six winger. I, and I think I, I think they would be the most complete team in the league if they if they acquire one of those. But um, you you got a guy, and I, I remember a bunch of guys were saying this when Artemi Panarin was signed with the Rangers. But he's one of those guys where you get on the ice and you could, you can, you know, your your chest puffs out a little more because you just got a guy that's a, a weapon, an absolute weapon, and he fits right in. 
Um, he could fit with a bunch of different players. If you wanted to put him and uh, him and Panarin with Trocheck, you could do that. If you wanted to put him and Zibanejad, or you know, the two of them together, you wanted to keep them separate with whatever center. That doesn't matter. Tarasenko just adds so much depth to this team offensively, and hopefully they can finally get someone like Jake LeSkidmark out of the lineup because that guy does nothing but cardio and is just literally skating laps all over the place. But um, I I love this deal because they gave up nothing for it except for one of the the worst of the two first-round picks this year. You gave up Sammy Blay, who was a nothing piece for them and maligned by Rangers fans everywhere this year. Hunter Skinner, who's a long shot to make the NHL, and what will probably end up being a third-round pick because the Rangers are going to make the playoffs this year. So you you have a team that's rolling like a wagon right now, and they could still make other moves. Um, if you're a Ranger fan, this is a real, real exciting time to be a Ranger fan, probably one of the most exciting times since 1994, I would say. So a uh, great deal to get him in the offense is obviously kicking on all cylinders and now they're going to face another team tonight that lets up a lot of goals. But again, if they're going to underestimate them, like they started underestimating Seattle on Friday, then that could come back to bite them because that for, for some reason, this team loves to blow leads for whatever reason they come back and they end up winning the games, but they're blowing leads. And, and, you know, it's uncharacteristic because last year, they were they were the come from behind warriors and they were just beating everybody in there. The third periods were great. Second periods were really good. Their first periods were terrible, slow starts. But now they're getting off the good starts, and then they're blowing leads, and then they're coming back and finishing strong. So um, I, I will say this, and I, I said this before in the chat as well. But to this comment from Cora, Kalan start needs to start utilizing Tarasenko better. I absolutely agree. That's why I typed it in the chat. Um, I don't like the fact that he's getting, what, 12, 13 minutes a game right now. This is a guy that should be getting 15, 16, 17 minutes a game. You brought him in for a reason. Get this guy going and get this guy scoring. Because one goal in two games, nice. But you want this guy heading on into the playoffs on a, on a high note, on a hot streak. Because if he gets going, forget about it. That's going to be the goal scoring that you're going to need to make differences in the playoffs. And uh, just just to say this, I mean, that's one of the things I had a problem with all along because Gallant likes to play his horses. He doesn't look away from those guys. And you, like you said, 12 minutes a game? Nope. You got to play Vladimir Tarasenko. You yeah. have to play him. Anthony, what are your thoughts so far on the Rangers week? I mean, they added a great player. Um, Tarasenko is a guy that does seem rejuvenated playing, you know, in New York. It's a place he wanted to be. Um, you know what? We all talked about it. He was going to waive his no trade for this, you know, New York, New Jersey area, Rangers, Islanders, Devils. So he's on a team that he wanted to go to. He's playing with a friend in Artemi Panarin, and it makes the Rangers definitely more dangerous offensively. I said that, you know, they needed another top six guy. Um, they got him. And like Phil said, they didn't really give up much to get him. Um, and they are rolling right now. It seems like, you know, something catastrophic happens. They're going to be locked in uh, that matchup with the Devils in, in the first round, the 2 3, which will be, you know, which will be a good matchup. Um, but for now, they're, they're playing really good hockey. Um, you know, for them, they have their eyes set on trying to catch in Jersey. So this way they can have the home ice. But um, and I, I, I think they're not done either. I think they're going to add some more a couple more pieces at the deadline. I still think a guy like Tyler Mott's a possibility. But, yeah, they're, they're playing really good hockey right now. Um, you know, and for them, it's just about maintaining it. You know, make sure that you stay within your game the way they're playing because um, – 
points are really important right now. You got to get every point you can. You want to catch New Jersey because, uh, you know, the Devils are, are a good team and obviously playing at home makes them even better. So if, in a perfect world, you want to you want to be you want to finish second and you want to draw a jersey. I don't think anyone's catching Carolina. But, yeah, the Rangers are in a really good spot right now. I expect Chris Jory to be, you know, active, maybe a little creative, find ways he could add some more players here. Um, but I think he pushed the right buttons with getting Tarasenko, you know, because maybe if he waited a little longer to the deadline, maybe a team like New Jersey could have jumped him or, or even the Islanders being that, you know, he wanted to come to one of the three teams. So uh, he, he did. He definitely um, made the right move because, you know, waiting around for Kane, uh, if you listen to a lot of the pundits that, you know, he still hasn't technically him and Taves really made up a decision on what he's going to do. Um, and I think waiting for a guy who is maybe a little banged up right now, you could kind of you know, left you holding the bag at the end of the day come the deadline. So I think he really did make the right move by jumping on Tarasenko early here. What I love about what this move does and the way that they've actually have structured the lines is if they're going to stack Panarin and Zibanejad together, now you have Tarasenko. Now that's a super line. Go get it, boys. And now they're also moving Zabanajad away from being the matchup center. They're trying to use Trocek to be more of the matchup guy. I think, Phil, you talked about it two weeks ago, having that line of Kreider, Trocek, and VZ. That could be a shutdown line for you. Mm. And now then you have the kid line to go against whatever the third thing is. And if the Rangers just make one or two more moves regarding a couple lineup changes, I'm hinting at that because we're going to be going to that in bar talk. But it's that that this could be a really dangerous team, and very soon. And people forget about Mikola. Uh, that guy, if if he's the answer to the Rangers' prayers on their bottom pairing, that's that could be really something. And now it's now you're talking about a team that can go toe to toe, not just against Carolina, not just against New Jersey. And New, by the way, now you have to worry about New Jersey because Jack Hughes is is this great player and yes for brat you got to worry about and uh, nico heischer is up to shut you down so that's another well, we thing. don't know how long jack hughes is going to be out for they're saying week to week and, and we don't know how jack hughes is going to be back for the playoffs if he if he's hurt with an upper body injury the the memo to every team that faces him is going to be hit him as hard as you possibly can yeah. make his life hell and and that's going to wear that that wear and tear is going to take an effect not only on him physically but mentally, and you're gonna, you're, we're gonna see his mental toughness tested come playoff time, because every team's gonna be gunning for him, knowing that he's coming back from an injury. Kind of sad that it all happened right after Wayne Gretzky said that's a guy that could catch Connor McDavid. Anthony, you were gonna say something? Yeah, and regarding the Devils, I, I when you talk about making moves, don't forget that I, I expect them to add a big piece to the deadline too. Uh, more specifically in the form of Timo Meyer, So the Devils aren't going to stand idly by. Um, I think they're certainly going to make a play for, for somebody, whether it be Brock Besser, if they, if they miss out on Timo Meyer. Um, but they're, I think they're, they're really have their eyes set on Meyer. Um, Kevin Weeks uh, mentioned it yesterday. There's just so much smoke around them and Meyer. I don't, I don't know. I, I see him going there. Uh, and I think that would be a big addition for the Devils going into the playoffs. Well, we're going to have Carolina. more. We're going to have more talk about Timo Meyer coming up right now in a moment, actually, I should say. But everybody, don't forget always to uh, appease the YouTube gods, like, subscribe, and hit that bell for more information. We got a lot of stuff that we're going to be covering, especially in the next couple of weeks. 
because there is going to be a lot that we're doing. Don't forget to smash that like button as well. Because uh, also, we announced this a couple weeks ago, but we are going to be doing a trade deadline special, which is going to be hours of hockey talk. Plus, we're going to be doing giveaways that day. So make sure you're watching that because it's going to be a great time. Uh, actually, before I forget, Phil, there's one there's one more thing. Because the other news of this week, Vitaly Kratsov demanded a trade yet again. Is there's plenty of blame to go around everywhere, in my opinion, but I want to get yours first. Who's the blame? Uh, you know what? He's played well, and, and I don't understand what he has to do to stay in the lineup. Like, if you want, if you're looking for him to be a gritty North American checker, that's just not his game. That, that's not what you're going to get out of this guy. This guy's a skilled player. I mean, asking him, asking him to be that is like trying to put a round peg in a square hole. What I don't understand what this organization's fetish is with, you know, trying to get that out of these types of players. I get it that they have to understand the defensive game and, you know, play a 200-foot game and, and not abandon the defensive side of the puck, but it just doesn't make sense for them to continue to push this agenda with players and just – it's it should be a meritocracy here, and it's not. And you have guys like Lashizen who who continue to play despite doing nothing. Uh, Sammy Blay played despite being a net negative. I mean, Barkley Goodrow makes boneheaded turnovers, and there's never an ounce of consequence or anything that that guy does. So for for me, it's just like, what are we doing here? Why is it that all these young kids come up and there's just always problems with them? And then you have these fans that turn around and defend the organization, and then they bring up guys like Filipino. So you're, the shining example of what you want to what you want to point out to argue against me is a guy that took six years to develop. That's really your 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 gotcha type point. I, I mean, this is not it's not good. Maybe could Kravtsov have been better? Sure, but he's actually played somewhat well. And then even when he plays well, he gets scratched inexplicably. So and and then the 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 logic for it is not good enough. And then you turn around and in and, and an interview in the next day and you say, oh, he's a top nine forward. Okay, so if he's a top nine forward, use him on your third line. Yep. Like where see they're, they're, Gallant talks out of one side of his mouth in one sentence and then the next side the other side of his mouth in the next sentence. And it's just it's constant contradictions. And I you know what he it just needs to be traded at this point. I, I'm I'm putting I'm going blame wise. I'm going to say probably about 60-40 team. 60-40 uh, team. He, he needs to be better, but they have not put him, and they haven't done it with other players too. If it wasn't the case across the board with the young players and they were putting the young players in, in proper positions to develop and succeed, then you know what? Okay, I could look back at Crafts on being like, hey, you know what? This is an issue with just him. But it's it's not. It's it's all their young players, that all the young forwards, I should say, that have had problems over over the last few years or so. So uh, I'm going 60-40 on blame on the team, and Krabs I need to be dealt. Honestly, if I'm the Rangers, I go back to St. Louis, and I ask them if they would want Krabs off in a second for Ivan Barbashev because I think Ivan Barbashev could come right in and help the, the Rangers out big time. And I'm not expecting a 25-goal, 60-point season out of Ivan Barbashev because, you know, obviously he's a UFA or anything like that, but – 
I don't think he's going to continue to shoot at the percentage he shot at last year, but he fits right in on that second line. He's a more talented version of a guy like Jesper Faust who can come in and play. If, if you want to stick Panarin on that second line, you want him in Trocheck on that second line. That's the line that you want. Okay, cool. Then you can put Kreider, Zavanajad, and Tarasenko together as your first. Your kid line is your third. And then you could finally get Lashizan out of the lineup, and, and your fourth line could be something like VC, Gauthier, and uh, and Goudreau at center. So, Well, I, I do think that a lot of the blame uh, – Kratzoff does not get enough blame out of this. Because, yes, he exercised his right to go back to Russia. Yes, he did. He, the opportunities were, were there for him uh, two or three years ago. All he had to do was just go to Hartford for a little bit. He would have been called up right away because of COVID restrictions. They constantly had guys coming in and out of the lineups. That's just one thing. That. I mean, I also I, I also just don't see it with Kratzoff. I mean, everybody's arguing like they're getting rid of Buchnevich right now, and you know my opinions about that. But it's just – He's not even anywhere near the Buchnevich range yet. Like Anthony, do you think that they jerked him around a little bit too much, Kratzoff? I think the the blame kind of goes both ways. I, I I also think that he had a little bit of like an entitlement type of way about him. I think, um, but the Rangers also did jerk him around a little bit. Um, I think he probably thought he had a spot locked down, and that wasn't the case, which I think rubbed them the wrong way the first time around. He requested a trade. But um, at the end of the day, you got you have a player that's disgruntled. Um, it's better for the organization and the player to just move him at this point. Uh, I mean, my guess is that he's either he's either going to go like in a in a package type deal for like a guy like Barbashev, or they're just going to uh, trade him for a, a pick of some kind, um, or maybe even a kind of disgruntled, underachieving first rounder for another one type deal. Um, but I mean, the, the sooner they move them, the better though, just move, get on with it. And Phil, you said it best. And I said this on Twitter the last couple of days, this is just like seeing a couple that comes in that, or anytime you're hanging out with them, all they do is fight. And you're like, why are you two together? And it's just that it's sort of that point. You're just like, move on, everybody move on for the benefit of both of you. That's what it should be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Everybody, that's it for our A block right now. Uh, we are going to have a quick message from DraftKings and then do some bar talk. Hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Valid one per customer. Minimum $5 bet. Minimum $5 pregame money line bet. That must win. $150 issued as six $25 free bets. Free bets are not cashable and cannot be withdrawn. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling, and referral services can be assessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. Everybody, once again, I promise that's going to get shorter. I, I, I just didn't. <laughs> that makes me... 
I think it's I think it's when I get to the hundred uh the hundred times. <laughs> yeah. By the way, there's forty of you watching us right now. Thank you very much. I love it. Yeah, and and I think you guys could see my discomfort just listening to it just in in the green screen. There's forty of you guys watching right now. Thank you very much, everybody. Don't forget to hit that like. Let's do some bar talk. Shot. This is the easiest cyber dancer. Let me say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident you're buying everybody rounds? Uh, so, so I'll just take a beer or, oh my God, just get me a shot. And by the way, if you ever need any liquor, why go to the liquor store where you could go to Drizzly? Just make it a Drizzly night. They'll bring the liquor to you. Link is in the description down below. All right, so play along in the comments below, and we're going to start with the New York Rangers again. And, Phil, I alluded to this earlier in our uh, A block. The New York Rangers need a legit fourth-line center. I'm going to say beer. I don't know if it's as much center as they need another winger. Um, Lashizen can't be in a lineup. He can't. He's terrible. He, he's just he's doing laps out there. Guy is like a worse version of Brett Howden. I never thought I could actually say that. I don't know how this guy continues to stay <laughs> at the NHL level other than the fact that Gerard Gallant must love him for, for whatever reason. I don't know why. But um, th- Played against his dad. Maybe that was it. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Maybe maybe Gallant friends with, with Curtis then. I don't know. But um, the, he doesn't belong in the NHL. He doesn't. He's just bad. And you need to get at least, uh, I would say, a winger. If you want to move Goudreau over to, uh, to to wing when you get a center, fine. But I'm going to say beer just because of that. Okay. Anthony? Yeah, I'm going to go beer. Um, I, I think they can use – they could use a, a Nick Benino type guy, but um, – you know, Tyler Mott. But I don't know – I don't know if it's enough to the point where I would go around because I think you could just do what Philka just said. But I, I do think they could use another legitimate NHL, you know – proven bottom six forward for sure. Well, I'm going to actually buy around on this because you need to improve that fourth line. If they improve that fourth line, they are a dangerous team in the playoffs. And I do mean the word dangerous though. Tampa Bay is looking like they're dangerous right now without any additions. But one guy that I said, I would target Sam Lafferty. I know he had the incident with, uh, with, uh, yeah, no, not just that. He also had the incident with uh, Igor in the game that I went to in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Ended up yeah, that's it. Running him there. So even though those incidents were still there, it's just, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's something that they need to improve that fourth line, and then they can figure out everything from there. Uh, we're going to go over to the New York Islanders. I just have to fix this um, in a second. But – Right now, uh, Anthony, you look at the wild card standings. There they are right there. The The New York Islanders season will be sided within the next three games. Yeah, round. Um, you're talking, you know, if, if they if they lose um, to Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh can possibly build a, a, a six-point lead on them with, going, with games in hand. It would be over at that point. Um, the flip side, the Islanders can manage to take two from Pittsburgh um, you know, they could be two points up up on them or or depending even what they do against Boston, you know, maybe four points up on them. So, 
yeah, it, it's a it's a round for sure. Because again, not not only could they pass Pittsburgh by beating them, but um, they could also take advantage of a weak Washington team, a Washington team right now that's that's been losing. Um, they're without Alex Ovechkin, who's you know mourning the loss of his father. Which my condolences to Ovechkin's dad and his whole family. Um, but he's away from the team. That makes them even weaker. Um, they're playing the Panthers, and then they got the Hurricanes in the outdoor game. So it's not really going to be easy for them. So. Um, yeah, the Islanders have a real shot here to, to get ahead of Pittsburgh and Washington. Um, and again, if they want to make the playoffs, it's a must, must win at the very least to win both Pittsburgh games. They don't necessarily have to win against Boston, but they got to beat they got to beat Pittsburgh both games for sure. So it's round. This is a layup. Joke. I wouldn't say this is a round. I'm going to go beer here. Yeah, I, I just think that, um, you have somebody like Washington and the, the Washington Capitals just don't strike me as a team that's stable right now. Uh, I don't, I, I know that Darcy Kemper is tied for the league league and shutouts, but I, I just don't think of him as a great goaltender. Uh, John Carlson's out in Washington. Alexander Ovechkin is probably, you know, my condolences to him as well. Not in the right frame of mind right now, losing, you know, his father, um, that team is an old aging team that's dealt with injuries all year. I, I just, I don't think of them as a very strong team. I could easily see them slipping and missing the playoffs. So I don't think if, if they, I, I, I think you're talking about these next three games. I don't think the next three games decide the season. If you want to talk about that next, that, that 11 game stretch that you were talking about, then yeah, that that's going to decide the season. I think. Um, I, I think it's that those 11 games that you mentioned before that really, really, really are going to tell the story going forward. But the next three games, no. I think there's still more than enough time. And Washington, to me, comes off as a very, very weak team. Even Pittsburgh, they're, they're having so much issues in net. They can score, but they they can't defend. And they, and the goalies can't stop a friggin' beach ball. Like, you, you, could, you could put a, a, a gigantic bomb in the beach ball and they wouldn't stop the beach ball. So it, it just, for me, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't trust either of those teams. I think when you have a solid defensive unit like the Islanders do and a, and a, and a world-class goaltender, eventually, you know, things will, you know, they'll righten their way and they'll, they'll, they'll correct their direction. They'll get on, they'll get on course, I think, but it's, I trust the Islanders more than I trust the other two teams in front of them right now. I just want to say real quick, it's a good thing you're you're doing the Florida trip now where it's good weather in New York when two weeks ago when it was single digits, we all would have been really envious as the birds are tw- uh, uh, tweeting in the background. Uh, I'm going to shock everybody. I'm going to say shot on this. And the reason why is because I'm not sure if the Islanders really could catch the Penguins at the moment. Not certainly with all those games at hand, but they could definitely catch the Capitals. And yes, as uh, some of the guys are pointing out, even Rob G says it in the comments below, Buffalo's got games in hand, Detroit's got games in hand, and Ottawa's got games in hand. But you also got to win those games in hand, and they're also going to start I playing I don't each trust other. Ottawa. I don't, I don't trust Ottawa, and I'm not sure if I trust Buffalo. They're another well, team Buffalo, that I mean, can't, this guy's, can't again, stop the and then Rob G. Buffalo just lost 7-2 to Calgary, and then I think they lost, what, five? Didn't they just lose to L.A., like 5 nothing or, or yep. 4-1? Buffalo, yeah. Buffalo's got trash goaltending. Yeah, they got games in hand. Yeah, but they, mean, they mean absolutely nothing if you don't win them. Um, so, hundred uh, percent jumping New York Islanders. Just 
Yeah, I don't, think they're 100%, I don't think they're 100% jumping the New York Islanders. And he's an Islander guy, by the way, Rob J. But I, personally, uh, I personally think that the let, the spots are really down. Uh, aside from the teams outside the playoff spot. Rob J. was an Islander guy. <laughs> Florida, Florida and the Islanders. I mean, you, you want to throw Otto and because as it is, you talk about how it's going to be hard Florida for the Islanders. Wild card too. Detroit, Detroit, you're talking about Detroit and Ottawa have to pass like five teams to get in. I think it's even ridiculous to even entertain Detroit or Ottawa as back in yeah, the Yeah, I'm not entertaining Ottawa that's, at this point. Ridiculous. I don't trust Ottawa. That's not happening. You're not passing five or six teams to get into a playoff spot. I think Ottawa is a couple years away anyway. I don't trust their goaltending and I don't trust Detroit. <laughs> well, bless you, by the way. Uh, I actually originally I had Ottawa and Detroit are back in the playoff race. But uh, I just deleted that <laughs> on the rundown because clearly, clearly you can't you can't get that back in. But um, guys, by the way, the Toronto Maple Leafs, one point one three million of deadline cap space. They have seventy two point six million dollars committed to eleven players next season. Wow! Yikes! If one one name that pops up on everyone's radar is Timo Meyer, and. Timo Meyer would be a rental if he goes to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Anthony. Yeah, you know, it's a round. Um, I'm surprised that they're even being talked about in terms of Meyer, but they are. Um, and, I mean, I guess it makes sense. They're so desperate to have playoff success. They're, they're, I guess they're willing to sacrifice assets and then, you know, flip him in the summer and get such assets back. But um, I would – I don't – it's, it's actually really surprising to me that they could – pull something like this off but i mean I, I suppose they can if some of the insiders are talking about them being in the running for timo meyer but um i just don't know if it's smart to trade for a guy like meyer and then use him as a rental even though he's technically not um i mean i get they want to win but i think they could spend their assets uh better in terms of defense but just in the in the context of this question um what yes he would Round, he would absolutely be a rental. I don't think there's any way they could afford to retain him unless, unless they moved, uh, you know, William Nylander or or John Tavares in favor of him and then re-signed him. But I don't see any way the Maple Leafs can keep Meyer going forward if they do acquire him. So um, this is a round for sure. Phil, yeah, I mean, this has got to be a round. Uh, I mean, there's no way they can actually do this. I would say this is a layup in that regard. Whether or not I actually see Timo Meyer going to Toronto is another story because um, the word's been out there that they don't want to give up a first-rounder or a top prospect like Matthew Nyes. Um, they don't want to give up those types of assets. So I don't see Timo Meyer going there. But um, if they somehow pulled that deal off, then, yeah, they're more than likely flipping him. Or I, to me, what I would do is I would end the William Nylander experiment in Toronto. You know, you, you have too many players like that. You bring in a guy like Meyer who's a big body and heavy guy who could, you know, he'll play playoff type hockey. He'll score and stuff, and he'll bring a physical edge to his game. I would move Nylander out for something, and that would keep Meyer because it just, to me, it makes a lot of sense. You could recoup assets that way. And you get a guy that fits more of what you need. I think they need more of a guy like a Wendell Clark than they do um, another guy like William Nylander, who's been kind of uh, soft. But yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I get I get this comment here from Core as a joke, but you know yeah. when you have a when you have a guy that's a that's a top prospect like that that you're really high on, 
you want to do anything you can to hold on to, especially when your cupboard's, you know, going kind of bare. I mean, they have guys like him and then Rodion Amarov, who are probably their top two prospects, I would say, at this point. Um, because Nick Robertson is kind of falling down their depth chart a little bit. But he ain't he, as good as his brother. No. Well, he's probably never going to be as good as his brother. His brother is <laughs> insane. But, um, yeah, so I, I don't uh, – I, I don't. I don't see Timo Meyer happening for Toronto, but I, I w- if it did happen, I would move William Nylander in the offseason. Yeah, I don't see it happening. E- e- them even getting him anyway, but I know that they've been talking about it. But Phil, you just diagrammed how they could do it. You can get Timo Meyer, so it's a beer for me, by the way. Uh, you can get Timo Meyer and then go off and move William Nylander in the offseason or at the draft. Bang! There you go. Now you have. Uh, now you have the room and space to get Meyer in probably under about $9 million, but it's uh they got a lot of free agents on that team next year. And as I said, 11, 11 players are getting yeah. paid $72 million. And here's another question. The one reason why you might consider it as a rental, but then reinvest in them, Anthony, because next off season begins Austin Matthews watch. Mm-hmm. And, they might want to move him before next season starts if that happens. I think it's crazy to even think about it. There should already be a contract right there ready for him to sign. And uh, I'd be throwing I'd be throwing contract at him like dollar dollar bills, y'all, to make sure that he stays. <laughs> so that's that's just that. Let's move on and let's go to the news out of this week. Uh, Vladislav Gavrikov and Jacob Chikrin are being held out awaiting trades. First off, by the way, guys, I hate that trend. I understand it. I hate that trend. But uh, Kings should opt for Vladislav Gavrikov instead of Jacob Chikrin. Phil, go ahead. I'm going to say shot. I know it's going to cost less to get Gavrikov. But I think Chikrin actually fits what they need more than Gavrikov does. Chikrin's a good two-way defenseman. I'm not sold on him being a 50-60 point defenseman like he was going to be in 2023. Or, I mean, uh, 2021. But um, I think Gavrikov is, is a good defenseman. But he strikes me as more of a number four, five type. Then Chikrin, who's more like a two, three, maybe a number one, depending on the team. So um, I'm I'm going to say shot on this, Anthony. Um, I'm going to go beer. Um, I mean, I think Gavrikov is is sought after by a lot of teams right now. Actually, um, I think he does move the puck well. Um, he's yeah, he's sure he's definitely more of a defensive defenseman, but I, I like the way he moves. And I know for the Kings, you don't want to give up Brant Clark. Uh, you could probably get Gavrikov without having to do that. Um, so, I, but I don't know. I, yeah. Chikrin is the better, the better player overall, but for the Kings to give away a player um, like a highly regarded player for them and in the long term, I, I don't know if it's worth it. I think they just keep growing with the way they're growing by stockpiling picks and prospects because they're having success with what they've been doing. So to steer kind of blow, well, not blow it up, but to make a big move for Chikrin when there's a guy like Gavrikov out there, I think there's, there's merit to that too. So I'll go beer. 
Uh, by the way, thanks to the, the 53 of you that are watching right now. Make sure you're hitting that like button. And I'm actually going to go shot on this one because I think what the LA Kings need is Jacob Chikrin. They need an offensive defenseman to really complement their game. We're going to give you a situation where that possibly could deal for Jacob Chikrin in a few moments in our who says no comments or sorry section. And I, I think Gavrikov is more like a depth defenseman versus Chikrin. But then again, like people are losing their minds on Chikrin. I saw some guy on Twitter just say the Rangers should trade Sisterkin for uh, Chikrin and uh, Vilmelka. And I'm a white defender. And I, I, yeah, I know. He, and he's, and, and, and I went, uh, Phil, I went to it. Either he's doing a great troll <laughs> job or he's really just insane that's you got to be out of your mind in order to think that because even i broke the, i broke it down and said so you want to get a guy you want to get rid of the reigning Vesna trophy winner for a guy that's had one good season and often injured and a goalie with okay stats so his stats would be really good if he was on a better team uh for Mel, yeah just incredible but i i, um, I like him i think he could be a franchise piece for them but it's just you know uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't risk that though to to get Chikrin, and not only that, but you're you're not gaining much cap space by doing that, if any at all. And the Rangers are going to have to make other moves. I mean, I get it; the defense would just be stacked if you added Jacob Chikrin um, to that mix. But I don't understand why you would want to go from a sure thing to a guy that's still got something to prove. Yeah. And also, by the way, he's not getting playing time over Adam Fox. So what the hell is the point? No, so. and, and he wouldn't. Chikrin's a left-side defender. Um, so he he would either be on that top pairing with Adam Fox, which allows you to move Ryan Lindgren down one. Um, or you could even move Ryan Lindgren down to your third pairing at that point, play him with Braden Schneider. Your third pairing just becomes rock solid, and your second pairing is still Miller and Truba. Like, that's – that's pretty damn good depth on defense right there. But I don't think they would do that just because they're not going to break up Fox and Lindgren who have played together for years. Well, I am looking forward to the trade deadline and the end of the Jacob Chikrin uh, trade deadline conversation talk because it is getting way too well, annoying. I, right I, ha- I have I have a, an honorary uh, bar talk uh, um, topic, actually. And uh, All right. Well, uh, let's do let's do our scripted last one. And then we'll do that okay. one. Okay. Because okay. we're going to talk about the Big Apple Hockey trade deadline show, which is going to be March 3rd. We're going to have giveaways and other stuff for that. We, we're, we're getting it all together, everybody, because it's going to be a big day. Hopefully there's still plenty of trades to be made because they're, if they're holding out Chikrin and Gavrikov already, they could be on the shelf for two weeks. But the NHL trade deadline is the best of the trade deadlines in sports. Anthony, I'll start with you. I think it's the. I mean, I don't. I don't follow the NBA, but I. I mean, I, because of Twitter, I do see all some of the action that goes down. I know the NBA is known to have like absolute blockbusters at the trade deadline. Um, you know, all these huge ass trades happening. So I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say beer just because I think the NBA. But the NBA deadline seems to see seems to be a little more crazier. Um, but I mean, I. I I think the NHL trade deadline is better than MLB and, and NFL for sure. That I'm pretty certain of. But I think the NBA is the best one just because of how many big trades usually happen on it. But uh, I would like to see the NHL get um, 
you know, see some big blockbusters in the next couple, you know, next two weeks leading up to the deadline because it's exciting. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's, that's kind of how I view it. So, I, I mean, I guess I could put that as a, a beer shot. I'll do, I'll say beer. Okay. Phil, what do you think? I haven't covered round. it with me last year. I'm going to say round. I, I, I think this is the best one. Um, the baseball deadline is a little weird because there's the waiver deadline afterwards, the waiver trade deadline, and that just kind of throws everything off. So it's like, it's a, it's a weird way. It's kind of like almost like how in baseball they have a soft cap and not a hard cap. The NHL, there's a hard cap and there's no moves really after that, after that, that 3 p.m. deadline. And that's it. Like moves might come in because they're submitted and they're waiting to be approved. But I mean, the submittal deadline is 3 p.m. and that's it. So Usually by five, you, you have an idea of all the trades that are in, or even sometimes by four. So I'm I'm going I'm going around on this. Uh, I you know what the NBA can make more headlines with their trade That's deadline, what, yeah. and it's a little bit further out. MLB they can make big moves, but then it's like, well, if it doesn't happen now, you always have the waiver trade trade deadline. The NFL is trying to make their trade deadline into something. It's it's basically still nothing yeah but it's unless... always too early in the season yeah and also it's i mean they're trying to get it to be up but unless jerry jones is freaking out or this year i think the miami dolphins threw uh picks around i'm actually gonna go round on this one i think it's the best it's we we did it last year and uh it's gonna be us th- uh, this year anthony and it's gonna be uh hopefully we get phil gone for a little bit uh but it's it's gonna be Again, you get to that final hour and just trades are coming in. Rumors are going off left and right. You go last year, it, the Rangers went from Ricard Raquel to Andrew Kopp and Tyler Mott in a span of 25 minutes. Yeah. And it's That's it's awesome. what makes it amazing. Yeah, so, trade deadline. I, I mean, listen, I'm a hockey fan, so to me it's it's the best because exciting. I answered in – in the best in terms of, cause you know, the NBA has all steals the headlines. Like you said, that's why I said that. But um, yeah, overall, I mean, NHL trade down is great. It's one of the, probably the most exciting day of the hockey, you know, calendar year aside from, you know, free agency, depending on what you like better. But yeah, I love, yeah. I love the NHL trade deadline or, or the draft. The draft is yeah. in there yeah. too. Yeah. The draft, the draft is good. Draft are probably number three behind the other two for me. Yeah. yeah, and we we had a great time covering the draft this year. Yep. We weren't even there yet because yeah. I don't think I can. I mean, by the way, the that draft coverage. Uh, thank God they had so many trades. I had to do at least ten shots that day, so that was <laughs> yeah. awesome. So, <laughs> so we and, have one more topic that I added to Bar Talk because I just have to because I know how much Mark loves his sagas. But the Jacob Chikrin saga is more annoying than the Jack Eichel saga. <laughs> Mark, all right i'm you. starting this one i'm buying around on this i have to buy around <laughs> oh my god this has been it's, he has been on the trade block for it feels like an eternity and they've sat him out they made sure he like we were talking about this yesterday it feels like they're healthy scratching players and trying to manage assets they've been doing that with chicken for at least two years like, it's sort of like, oh, hey, uh, so you're injured. Don't worry. Take another two weeks to come back. We'll see if we can trade you. And every day there's a different team that's trying <laughs> to get them. It's Ottawa Senators or 
LA Kings. Oh. Finally, just deal them to the Kings. Deal them somewhere. Deal them to the KHL. I just, I'm tired of hearing about them. I thought Mark was going to blow a gasket. I just <laughs> really did this for a reaction. Clearly, I, I thought Mark was just going to lose his shit. So. Oh, it's just so annoying. It really is so annoying. <laughs> he just likes Jacob Chickering. Anthony, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I'm going to go, I'm going to go a beer. Um, I know I talked about chicken for a while, but the Eichel one was unbearable. And then there was the whole wrinkle that the, they disagreed on how he should, you know, repair his neck. That added an interesting aspect to it and it seemed like it was going on forever. And, um, the removal funny. of his captaincy. Yeah. 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 The chicken just yeah. funny because he gets under your skin, but I, I don't think, I don't honestly, I don't think it's as annoying as the Jack Eichel one. That's maybe to you it is, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, th- then again, I did that that hour long stream of uh, based off. Uh, uh, was it Rick Carpinello's tweet? I think it was that it was. Oh, don't be surprised that Mika's Zabanishad yes, is in it was Rick trade. Carpinello. Oh my Ugh. god! Thank God. I you know what? I might I might need to change my answer. I'd still stick with this one because it's still going on, <laughs> Filk. I'm gonna say shot. Um, the the Jack Eichel saga was really bad, and the Buffalo Sabres fans were like unbearable. We had that. We had those guys that were coming into our streams and 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 basically just like trolling at us and like basically like like talking down to us and all this other crap. And I'm just like, nah, it's like get out of here. Like, yeah, I know that type of crap. So absolutely, it's it's just one of those things where I can't help but just say no. It's they, I love it when they all are also saying, well, we want your garbage players doesn't matter if you want the garbage players. You might have to take the garbage players because yeah. you got a guy that's not even playing right now. All right, everybody. That is the end of the Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk where we're engaging our conference <laughs> on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Thanks. So don't forget, if you want the liquor store to come to you, go to drizzly.com. Uh, actually, click the, con- the link below to go to Drizzly, start an account, and they'll bring everything to you. Parties, whatever. It would have been great for Super Bowl last week. But yeah, I didn't have the sponsorship until that. I love how you plugged it during bar talk, though. That was like the yeah. perfect way to, to plug it. It is the perfect thing to do for that. Yeah. And there's still one more we could plug in a moment. But we're going to ask a question on trades that are going to be made. And we have to ask who says no. Uh, it's a no for me, dog. Mm, no. No. Mm, no. No. <laughs> All right, because everybody, this is uh, the brainchild of Mr. Anthony Rocco right there. And Let, let's just let's just stress that I know we call the segment who says no, but it actually could be a case where the answer is no one says no. And that's a yes. Yes. Well, we do have that as an yeah. option, because yeah. by the way, speaking about plugging lots of things, I went to hockey heaven yesterday because I went to pure hockey because I had to pick up some stuff. I ended up spending $250. Need some hockey equipment? Check the link in the description below. And I'm going to be making something up for that soon. So welcome to Big Apple Hockey's Who Says No, where we decide who declines these mocks trades. Play along in the comment below. So we're going to start with one that was suggested yesterday in our group chat and one that was said by one of our panelists today. To the St. Louis Blues, Vitaly Kratzoff, a second-round pick, and a fourth-round pick for Ivan Barbashev and 50% retained. Mr. LaRocco, I turn to you first. I actually think this is this is pretty fair. I mean, I did see that the Blues are, you know, asking on Barbashev. They, they could get a first. But overall, you know, you get a former first-round pick, a second, a fourth, um, you know, for a guy who's going to be UFA. So the 50% retained isn't really a big deal for him. So um, 
I actually, I actually might say, you know, let, let's, you know, let's let let's make a deal here. I guess it really depends if there's a team that offers up a first, then you know maybe they say no. But overall, I do like the framework of it. So if you haven't caught that, what Anthony is saying about this trade? To be fair. 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 Phil, I think this goes through. Um, I, it's I, good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah, per- perfect, 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 love it. But um, yeah, I think this goes through. I think this is what it's gonna look like to get someone like Barbashev. I don't know if anyone's gonna necessarily offer a first round pick for him. Uh, markets are usually very volatile, and everything's always a fluid situation, so that could change. I mean, we've seen someone like Paul Gostad return a first round pick. Well, and that was, was insane. Like, I saw that. that was like, provided that was one, it was a bad trade, and two, you know, uh, there were other pieces involved to make that happen. Um, but never say never. Uh, I just don't think that it's going to be a first round pick for Barbashev. I think it's going to be a second, a good prospect, and maybe an additional lesser, lower level prospect or a lower pick, like a fourth. And I think St. Louis will have no problem retaining 50% to make it work to help out a team like the Rangers in this instance or whatever team ends up trading for him. I'm actually going to say this deal might go through. So uh, there's no problem with this trade. Uh, maybe the second round pick, maybe that's what makes Chris Drury balk, but you know what? You're the, the Rangers got to go for it. Like they're going for it right now. You so gotta go you got to go for it. If, they, if you're pushing your chips all in bang, who cares about the second round pick? Because there's still you, you still got Brendan Ottman coming up in the wings, and most of your defensemen are still pretty young, so you got to do it now. Let's shift over to the other New York team, the New York Islanders, because we have this one: Jacob Verana and Tyler Bertuzzi, and to Detroit goes the 2024 first round pick, Samuel Boldock, Simon Holmstrom, and Josh Bailey. Philk, who says no? I think the Islanders actually might say no to this. I think the Islanders are giving up a lot in this. They're, you're giving up two of their top three prospects at this point because you got to say the consensus top three prospects amongst the Islanders are William Dufour, Samuel Bolduc, and Simon Holmstrom at this point. And now that Atu Rathu's gone, um, Bailey is a nothing burger to me. Verona, we don't know what's going to happen with Verona. I mean, he's been out for you know his own personal issues. Uh, you know. Obviously, we hope he he's doing well fighting those, and we hope that he gets better. But um, Tyler Bertuzzi for a first and a prospect, I think would would be fair. I think that might even be a little much, just because he's been hurt this year and he hasn't had a great year. So I could see a second and a and maybe one or two of those prospects, and maybe another prospect or Josh Bailey to make it work. Um, I, I just think the Islanders end up saying no because this is a lot, even though I know that Verona could end up coming back and it could be a wild card. So I know I know why they gave up a bit, but I, I think the Islanders just might not want to give up their entire prospect cupboard to to make a deal for a guy who I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna be able to resign Tyler Bertuzzi. I Verona, I believe, is under contract long term. No, one more I, year. One more year. One more year. Yeah. So that might complicate things for the Islanders cap situation. Um, but Tyler Bertuzzi is definitely going to be a rental for them. I, I just think that this deal is a little too big for the Islanders. 
And I don't think they want to give up two of their top three prospects. Anthony, who do you think? So this, this deal boils down to you got Vrana, who the Red Wings want to want to get rid of, um, and Bailey, who the Islanders want to get rid of. Um, it boils down to a first, Bolduc and Holmstrom for Tyler Bertuzzi, which I, I think the Islanders – I know adding guys like Vrana and Bertuzzi into their lineup right now, they're two you know, legitimate top six forwards. I mean, that would help them immensely. But going forward long term, I don't know if it's the best thing to do, being that Samuel Bolduc looks like he might be a pretty good defenseman. Holmstrom – you know, it looks like he's kind of finding a niche in that third line checker role that, you know, he's he's been pretty useful. But I think the Islanders say no. I think as much as it would help them this year and, and may, possibly with adding those two guys probably propels them past Pittsburgh and Washington. But I, I don't think going forward it's the best deal. So I'm going to say Islanders say no. I'm going to look at the one thing that is going to make Lou say hell no. And it's the first round pick, uh, the first overall pick. Or whatever, first round pick. It's yeah, Lou. Lou already traded one, and he's gonna do it for a bigger deal with more security. He's gonna lose Tyler Bertuzzi. He's got one more year with Verona. Uh, Samuel Bolduck, like you said before, and both you guys said it. He's too valuable to just move with a first round pick for a guy basically for one more year and an expiring free agent. So, although I do have to say, Tyler Bertuzzi, man, he would kind of fit on the Islanders. Yeah, he uh, would very well. That would I, that would be a deal that I would not want to see make because the Islanders, I think, could. Although I think they need more defensive help, that would really, really set them up for a deep run. I think. Well, here's one going to the Pacific Division, to L.A. <laughs> Jacob Chikrin and to Arizona, a first round pick of this year, a second round pick next year. Alex Turcotte and Sean Jersey, uh, Sean Jersey. I mean. I say yes, except the deal. Uh, the, every team, everybody says yes. Let's just get this over with. I'm so, so tired of it. And after that, trade Vitaly. Gee, I wonder. Mark, Mark saying he accepts the deal because he doesn't want to hear about Jacob Chikrin anymore. Because I don't want to hear about Jacob Chikrin. Uh, however, I do have to say, LA says no on this one. I think. I, I think. I don't think they want to part with Sean Dersey, but there's another name you're talking about that they don't want to part with, Felk. I, I don't think that they want to part with someone like Brant Clark or Quentin Byfield. I don't think they're going to give up on Byfield yet. Um, I imagine that the talks probably stalled because they wanted one of those two in addition to Clark and then probably a first-round pick, and that's where <laughs> this deal probably ended up falling apart. So um, Turcott, um, I'm not going to say that he's looking like a bust, but his development has not gone the way that L.A. has wanted it to go, and this was a guy that was drafted in 2019. He was a top 10 pick in that draft. And we all thought he was going to be a real good two-way center in the mold of somebody like Jonathan Taze at the NHL level. Someone like that was the type of player that they were going to get. He just hasn't been that yet. And his AHL numbers really haven't shown uh, uh, any type of glance of him being that, that type of player at the NHL level at any point. So I, I, I think, I think if, L.A., if there was a name that wasn't Sean Dursey, I, I think L.A. would do it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say L.A. probably says no. I think Arizona probably also says no because they're going to get greedy and they're going to ask for more because Chikrin's under contract. And that's, that's been their sticking point throughout this whole saga is we've got this guy under contract and he's affordable, you know, cap-wise and salary-wise. 
we don't we don't have to move this guy and we're not going to do so until we get the deal that we want and yeah, can they, i blame them no i don't but i i just don't see teams giving up a king's ransom for a player that's had one really good year and that's why these discussions continue to fall apart time after time and also people need to rem- be reminded jacob checker skates on frozen water not walks on water so uh yeah. anthony who says no you know, I, I think I think Arizona at this point realizes they're not going to get Brand Clark, Byfield, uh, Velarde. Um, Turcott, while looks could be trending to a bust, I think still could be enough of a prospect that along with a first and second um, would have them find this to be acceptable. I included Sean Dersey in there because it's been rumored that from what Elliot Friedman said, looks like there's another player – that could have stole the deal that's supposed to contract wise. It needs to go back to Arizona. I think LA is going to have to send Arizona defensemen. I mean, whether it be Dursey or, or Sean Walker or somebody, they got to send somebody back there. Um, so I think that might be even a forward though. I, I think from, from the context that I get from those words is that it, it's somebody that's got a bigger contract to make things work. And I, I, I think Arizona didn't want to take back that contract and that might be I could be wrong but that's what to me that's what it sounds like looking at the roster they don't really have many I mean Trevor Morris six years at four point other than that they don't really have what many about Victor guys. Arvidsson yeah well he's got one year left after this so that's I mean that but that's the thing it, it seems like they wanted to make the contract yeah. like the cap work and that's why I, I was looking well, at yeah. Arvidsson when I when I first heard that well I mean Hopefully, again, this is the end of the Jacob Chikrin saga because I have never heard of somebody that's been on the block longer than he has. So but let's move over to a guy that I'm actually surprised he's on the block. I got to say this, guys, because I still can't believe this. Here's one. To Vegas, Thatcher Demko to Vancouver, a first-round pick, Lauren Persoff and uh, Daniil Miramanov. Do I pronounce that right? Yeah, Miramanov. Okay. Uh, Anthony, who do you think uh, says no on this one? Well, um, Vegas desperately needs a goalie. Logan Thompson's out. So they, I mean, they probably say yes because they trade first like candy. Lauren Persuade is just a goalie going the other way to Vancouver because they would need someone too. And Mayor Monoff is, you know, he's okay. But um, so I think Vegas says, I think Vegas says yes easily. Um, Vancouver, I mean, from their perspective, they get a late first. I don't know. I think I think Vancouver says no, um, but I do think Thatcher Demko going in a deal is possible. I just think they might X for a little bit more. Yeah, um, I I think if you switched Demil Miramanov to Pavel Dorofeyev, I think that deal gets done because I think Vancouver would want Dorofeyev. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh... Probably saying uh, Vancouver would say no on this one. I just looked this up though. Five, uh, he's signed at five million dollars to twenty twenty six, and if Thatcher Demko it was still on that trajectory of becoming a starting goalie in this league, NHL Network had him in the top ten goalies uh, uh, in the league last year. And you know, obviously Robin Leonard with his troubles. You know, why not go get him? Go get him, uh, Vegas. Here's a guy that also Vancouver is looking at. By the way, everybody's looking to be traded out of Vancouver right now. If, if they're not trying to be traded, Vancouver's looking to trade them. 
Brock Besser at 25% retained, going to the Jersey Devils for and going over to Vancouver. A second round pick and Fabian Zetterland. Filk, who says no? I, you know what? I, I think this is a deal that could actually work for both teams. I think New Jersey wouldn't go after Besser just because I think that they're so hung up on Meyer, but I think Besser would be a fallback option for them. Yeah, Zetterland, they're somewhat high on, I, but I don't see them being high enough to, to not move him for a scoring upgrade. Yeah. So it's just a matter of how high they're on Besser if they and if they miss on Meyer to me. So I think this deal could go through, though. I, I just the retention might have to drop a little bit from 25%, though, because he's got some years left on his deal, Besser. Anthony. Yeah, I think this is I think this is a good I think this deal would go through. Um, you know, I think Vancouver understands due to Besser's salary and performance too, that they're not gonna get a first for him. They're not gonna get top prospects. So a second round pick and you know, a, a young roster player who has a little bit of upside, I think they, they would recognize as a fair deal. You know, they're tearing it down. So, uh, and for New Jersey's, you know, if they miss on Meyer, they still get a guy that does have, you know, capabilities just underperforming. Um, and they still don't really give up anything that's going to hurt them really going forward. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this would be a good deal. $6.65 million all the way to 2025. Uh, 25% retained would knock them down to about maybe five or just a little bit under five. I, I like this deal if you're New Jersey, because uh, then you have uh, a bona fide shooter to, for their power play. And uh, you know what? A second round pick. Uh, maybe Vancouver tries to get a little greedy, but I think this deal could go through too, guys. That's about it. And yeah, I don't we think have they can couple... ask for Holtz for Besser at this point. No. Yeah, that's one of those guys that New Jersey is high on too. And that's why I'm a little bit shocked. He was having he was putting up great numbers for a little bit, and then now they might get away from him. Um we got a couple deals featuring Mr. Timo Meyer. So we're gonna start with to the Buffalo Sabres. Uh 2023 first, Peyton uh Peyton Krebs and Jack Quinn for Timo Meyer. Anthony, who says no? I think this is the type of package that's going to require to take Timo Meyer, uh, but I'm going to say Buffalo says no only because um, I don't think anyone expected them to be as competitive as they were this year. I think they're playing with a little bit of house money, so to speak. I think they should be patient, continue doing what they're doing. You know, maybe in the offseason you try to sign the hometown boy, Patrick Kane, or make moves elsewhere. Um so I, I say they say no, be patient, but I do think it's fair value. I think Meyer is going to return something along these lines. I'm going to jump in right now and agree with you on that 100%. Don't go after Timo Meyer right now. You could try to get him at the draft. Maybe the price comes down a little bit. This is a package that would be what he, uh, San Jose is asking for right now. But um, – no, I mean, Jack Quinn could always develop into something, and Krebs hasn't been uh, bad for them. So let's see let's see what happens in the offseason. Phil? Those are going to be two cornerstone players for them. Um, I, Buffalo is not doing this deal. Uh, and you guys are absolutely right. This is the type of deal that's going to take to get him, but it, it's definitely not happening with Buffalo. Buffalo is going to stay the course. 
they're going to go and get you know a minor addition and see if they could try to make the playoffs because what they're what if I'm if I'm the general manager if I'm Kevin Adams what I want to do is I don't want to stand pat and tell these guys that I don't believe in them. Mm-hmm. What I want to do is I want to go make a move that says, hey, I support you guys. I think we're close. I think we're getting there. And I think we're capable of making a move. But I don't want to go give up my farm for a guy like Meyer who would help but would also kill depth in the future. And not only that, but you're going to add a guy that's going to it's going to command somewhere around eight, nine million, somewhere in that range going forward probably if you want to just you know push the qualifying offer figure aside. Uh that's going to complicate their cap situation going forward. And they, and Buffalo did a great job with getting Thompson and, and cousins and, and Darlene under, under lock that, that that's all great to, to do what they did. But now you got to worry about, you know, getting guys like Krebs and Quinn and their other defenders and their other, you know, up and coming players like JJ Paterka's looked really good for them as well. So now, now you got to worry about that and, I to me, I don't see Buffalo doing this. It just doesn't make sense for their timeline and their trajectory. And we got one more team on Meyer one and one more trade with another guy that's going. And we're going to get to some of your recommendations that you're putting in the comments. We'll go with that rapid fire. But how about this one, Philk? To Carolina, Timo Meyer, to Vancouver, uh, Vancouver. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, whoa. All right, we're going to fix that one. Actually, actually, oh, in this God, one, I blame God, Anthony <laughs> uh, because I copied and pasted it on these. So, all right. Well, oh. Timo Meyer going to the Carolina Hurricanes for and, a for 2023 first. Anthony uh, a, Lynn. <laughs> a, a, a 2023 first, a 2023 <laughs> second, Seth Jarvis and Jack Drury. Anthony, who says no? I'm surprised he didn't call him Chris Drury. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, oh my god! Well, I mean, it Seth is your Jarvis fault, by like, the way. Looks like a. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I like Seth. I like Seth Jarvis. Don't really like Jack Drury. I don't really think he's going to be um, of anything of of real substance here. So first, second, Seth Jarvis is a good young roster player. Um, I think. Mm, uh, I think San Jose. I think San Jose might might say no here. To be honest, but it's close. Folk. I think Carolina says no. I, I don't think they want to give up Seth Jarvis. I think they like what he's done. I think he fits in with the team. He's the type of player they want. I get Meyer is is the sexier player right now because he's big, he's strong, he's developed, he's he's a scorer. Um, but I, I also think you kind of when you start moving out young guys like Jarvis for a guy like Meyer who's already like well within his prime years, you start changing your timeline around. And I don't think Carolina really wants to do that. I think they have a better prospect pool than people give them credit for. And um, although some of their picks may have not gotten to the point where you think they would have been at, especially after they killed that 2019 draft the way that they did. um, I I just don't see them giving up on Jarvis. I think this makes no sense. And to give up that much more on top of Jarvis – to get Meyer, I think that's probably more than a, uh, more than likely a big no from Carolina at this point. 
So I'm going to say no for Carolina's end. Uh, this is my answer. The Hurricanes say no because they don't want to give up Seth Jarvis. The the Sharks say no because they don't want a, a first-round pick that's going to be number 30. But the Vancouver Canucks clearly say yes <laughs> because they're getting all this stuff and nothing they had nothing to do with it. They're like, wait a minute, we're getting a first, a second, a Seth Jarvis? Well, a well how high is Vancouver on Justin Huber, though? <laughs> how high are they on anthony lynn mark they're very high on anthony lynn because <laughs> even anthony lynn was had more of a career than jeremy lynn so anyway so going over to uh this one the last one we got for us guys we're gonna get to yours in a second to boston vladislav gavrikov and to carolina a first round pick and john beecher Filk, who says no? To Carolina, to Columbus, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said, oh. Well, at least I had the right thing on the screen. <laughs> Man, if you're listening to the audio podcast, you, you, oh you, you guys God, are listening now. We are, we are really having oh a good time God. with this one. This is, this is an all-time, like, this should be our blooper reel right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I, I'm going to say probably, um, I think Columbus says no, just because yes, they like the first, but John Beecher's his development has just not been there. He was a high pick in 2019. I thought he was going to be a good player, something along the lines of maybe like a Chris Kreider type where he was going to be a big physical, you know, uh, you know, speedster that had some skill that he just, he hasn't panned out the way that you would thought and, and, to me, I, I don't know how much value he has. So I, I, I like the idea of a first because I think it's going to probably end up taking a first for Gabrikov because he's probably, if it's not for Chikrin, he's the best defenseman on the market at this point. And I think he's the most realistically obtainable. So I think there is going to be a major bidding war for his services. So I, I do think it's going to start with a first, and then I think it's going to be another prospect from there. But I think it's going to have to be something better than Beecher at this point, who I'm just – Maybe it's just me, but I'm not high on him anymore. He hasn't developed the way that he, he should have at this point. I thought he would be an NHL by now, and it's looking more like he's trending the other way. I'll stop. I'll step in on this one real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Columbus says no. That's that's it on that. Anthony. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I know they're going to get a first for Gavrikov, but they're also realistic. You know, they're not going to get like Gavrikov for like a first in Lysel, like a top prospect like that. I think <laughs> no, Lysel's not going anywhere. Yeah. So I not that deal. Beecher, Beecher still is a former first round pick. Um, you know, Gavrikov's a UFA to be. Um I think I think they take the assets and and they go with it. I don't mean sure could they it's get possible. a better you may be right. Could they get a better prospect with Beecher elsewhere possibly, but um I think I think this is a deal that they would take for Gavrikov. All right. Let's go check out some of yours. Uh, Phil, you got all these starred, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I I saw you starring some, so I went and I starred more. All right, so we'll start with MYR for life. Two New York Rangers, Noel Chari, the St. Louis third-round pick. I think both teams probably say yes to this. I agree with you. It, I'm going to say they say yes, and uh, that's a uh, that's guy that definitely they would target. He's uh, done real good work on the fourth line. Going to you, Anthony. Yeah, deal. I think that's. I think that's. I think that's fair. I think it's a pretty solid deal. Yeah. So good. Good job by MYR for life, there, buddy. 
good, good trade. Jay Lewis has two of them. I'll start with his first. Alex Turcotte to the Rangers for Vitaly Krasov and a change of scenery for prospects. And I could actually see a deal like this happening. I see one of three things happening with Vitaly Krasov. One, it's a deal like this where it's a, another change of scenery type player where, you know, this is a classic scenario. It's happened so many times before. Very plausible. Two, Vitaly Krasov gets dealt with like a second round pick or, you know, he's packaged for something at the deadline here. Or three, he's just moved in the offseason for a third-round pick, maybe a second if the Rangers are lucky. So I, I say this could absolutely be a deal. We were talking about John Beecher before. I agree with you on that. It would be change of scenery type of players. This would definitely mm-hmm. fit that mold. And uh, I would say that this deal could go through if anybody balks at L.A. Anthony? Yeah, Um I think I agree with you, Mark. I think uh, I think it's deal could absolutely happen. Uh, it's also perception. I mean, uh, we perceive Kraftsoff in a certain way as maybe um, heading towards possibly a bust. I mean, you could say the same thing for Turcotte. I don't for know how Turcotte, they, who hasn't even succeeded yeah, in the AHL. Exactly. So I, I mean, I I guess it comes down to if Rob Blake thinks Kraftsoff is further along what you could make case for he's playing the NHL. I mean, Turcotte has two, yeah. but a very small sample size. Um, honestly, I, I think this could be a deal. I, I, I do. I mean, I still think Turcotte may still have a little bit of a higher ceiling, but that's just my opinion. But they're both players that are on organizations that they're blocked. That they need to get the hell away from. Yeah. 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 That's, that's just one thing. Next one. Yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll get rid of that one, but good, good proposal there by Jay Lewis. Jay Lewis comes again. Uh, Tanner Janot for the Rangers for Zach Jones. And I'm going to say that uh, Nashville probably says no to this because I think they're going to, it's going to take more than Zach Jones to get Tanner Janot. I think Vitalik Kravtsov for Tanner Janot as Larry Brooks started pushing around is actually the basis of a pretty good deal. If both sides wanted to make one. Um, I think that's another player that another scenario that the Rangers are looking for. <laughs> they're going to look for a player like that, that has some term that's under team control you know, maybe a young forward that there's still more to give. I think Janot's rookie year is kind of a um, – I don't want to say it's a fluke, but when you shoot at like nearly 20%, it's not sustainable in your rookie year. So um, I do think that he could be like a, maybe a 15 to 20 goal scorer going forward in your bottom six, and that's like perfect because he's physical. He fights. He plays playoff type hockey. He's what Gerard Gallant wants. And I can't blame him in that aspect. I can't. But um, I think Vitaly Kravtsov or Tanner Janot can make sense because if if the National Predators are looking to add offense and add a skilled player that you know has some has a ceiling to still kind of get to, then maybe that does make sense for them. Anthony. Yeah, Nashville says no for for Zach Jones. I mean, maybe for Kravtsov. But Zach Jones, no. I mean, Juneau is a pretty, pretty good NHLer. Zach Jones hasn't really proved much in the NHL level. Nashville, yeah, Nashville says no to this. Says no to this. I would have to say that the way this is currently uh, situated, absolutely Nashville says no. Uh, let's say you throw a second-round pick in there, maybe a third-round pick, maybe. But also, Tanner Juneau is an RFA, so all the hammer is with them. You're talking about a shooting percentage. How many of the goals that he had last year were deflections or uh, or rebounds? Like those 
sometimes those chances don't come along and then you have to actually shoot the puck and it you, that'll lower your shooting percentage by by that nature. And uh, do we have any other ones? Uh, yeah, we do. Um, I'll get rid of that one. The next one is from John D. Lee, uh, one of our OGs. Um, he says Jordan Greenway for Vitaly Kravtsov. Um, I don't think that's enough. I think you might have to add to Kravtsov to make that happen, but I don't think it would be a ton because Jordan Greenway has kind of fallen out of favor in Minnesota. I do like the idea of adding him, though, for the Rangers. I think that he would be a real good bottom six forward, um, and you can kind of plug him on your second line, too, if you wanted to. I don't think that's ideal, but he would be one of those guys that could be like a big forward that would make space for Panarin and Trocek if that's the line or whatever the case may be. So Jordan Greenway would be a player that I think the Rangers would like. Um, I just think it's going to be a little more than Vitaly Kravtsov to make that work. Anthony. Yeah. Um, Minnesota says no. Um, you know, he has fallen off a little bit this year, but, you know, two years ago he had 32 points. Last year he had 10 goals. So he's a useful bottom six player. Uh, got a lot of size. So the Rangers would have to offer up more to get Greenway. So Minnesota says no. Is it unfair to use the term Ryan Reeves with talent? Um. Just asking, guys. Um, that was the first comparison that gave to mind. Because, you know, 10 goals, 17 assists last year. You're right about that. And six goals, 26 assists. You know, this he could he could be a real good fourth liner for the Rangers. But right, but to answer the question, boys. He does play yeah. a big, heavy game like Reeves. Um, he He's more of a grinded out game. Fight. Uh, yeah, he will fight, too, if necessary. Um, 69 but, penalty minutes last year. Yeah, so uh, I mean, I I wouldn't say Reese is a great comparable, um, but he's he's definitely a big power forward who who has some skill. I think there's a, a level that could still be unlocked with him. I, I I think there's, I think you just might need a change of scenery and some different line mates to make things work. So, yeah, you look at his is. I guess that would be his rookie season. 81 games, 12 goals, 12 assists, 24 points. You know, big things were expected of him coming out with the World Junior team, but no. Nah. Yeah. Uh, do we have any other ones? Yes, we have a few more. Um, okay. Keep, keep Chris T comes through and says, what about Tyler Bertuzzi to Tampa at 50% retained for two seconds and a prospect? Well, uh, Chris, <laughs> you gotta. I'm going to grade this one as an incomplete because you, you don't, you're not giving us who the prospect is. Um. I, I get it. Tampa Bay's prospect cupboard is very, very bare, especially <laughs> after the Brandon Hagel trade. So they, they don't have a lot to work with, but you got to give me a name here or some, something else to work with. I get you're just trying to give us the framework, but I, I got to grade this as an incomplete at this point. So you'd have to, sorry. you'd have to say an actual NHL prospect. Yeah. Not, yeah. Sorry, bud. Uh, however, by the way, two seconds, that would be their, 24 uh 2024 and 2025 even though their championship yeah, I don't think they have a second right this year right uh they yeah. still they don't have a second this year it would be the next two <clears throat> after that so they don't draft Listen, they don't draft higher I, than the third round until uh 2025 and that would be in the first round they would have a pick i i say tampa has to say no on that uh they got some great depth this year so i think tampa says no but anthony 
Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, also, too, when you got to remember when you retain when you re- you when you retain salary on a player, that usually increases what you have to give up a little bit more. Um, so I, yeah. I, I think I think Detroit could get more than that for Bertuzzi retained. Okay. Oh, I got I got another one here. I got two more actually. David Wood comes in and says uh, Bertuzzi at fifty percent retained for Kravtsov, Jones, and a twenty twenty three second round pick. Um, I think this is close. I'm not sure if Detroit says yes, but it's close. Um, I I am very 50-50 on this one because I, I could see Detroit saying yes. I could also see them saying no. I, it just It's very close. I don't know if the, the Bertuzzi necessarily gets a first-round pick with the way that he's been this season, the fact that he's been injured. But th- this is very, very close. I'm going to go with it goes through. I think it goes through. That would give them two second-round picks uh, this year. I'm lose my power on my laptop, boys, so I'm just letting you know. No, no problem. So we'll wrap this up and get to Q&A now. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I think this goes through. That would give St. Louis – not St. Louis, sorry, Detroit, because they have St. Louis's pick. That's what I, I was looking at. But uh, that gives them three second-round picks this year, and you can move around in the draft then. You know what? I got, I got to go with this. So, yeah. Anthony. I don't – I'm not sure. Um, I mean, Kraftsoff can still be viewed as maligned and, you know, uh, trending down. Um, hasn't really proved anything. Uh, Zach Jones uh, hasn't proved anything at the NHL level. Um, you know, so and also with Bertuzzi, fifty percent retained. I mean, this is a guy that's that's scored sixty points before in his career mark. I, I think you have to give up a little bit more for Tyler Bertuzzi, especially at fifty fifty percent retained for you know two guys who you know haven't really done much at the NHL level. All right. Uh, yeah, we got to ask for more of these trades on a different time. We're gonna actually just. Wrap up this side of this. Let's get to some Q and A. Let's uh, also get some notes out there. Uh, see, what we, and I just I just lost all my co-hosts all of a sudden. So, because uh, <laughs> uh, I was going to ask Anthony if he has any any show news or notes. I guess I'll I'll take a couple more of these real quick. But uh, Nick Bustad to the Rangers and to Arizona two thirds. A fourth round pick and Hayek. Uh, the Rangers say no. That's too much for Nick Bustad. And Nick Bustad is not what he was with Florida. Uh, Isaac Howard or Cal Foot were the prospects he was looking at. Uh, you know what? He was looking at Isaac Howard. Um, Benito to the Rangers, 25% retained for a fourth and seventh. I think. That isn't a bad one, so that's all right with that. Yeah, I had to all kind right. of reposition because of the the laptop, but I, I'm 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 gonna have to wrap this up soon. So, oh no problem. I mean, you're got a lot to to do with family, so it's uh there's there's a lot that has to go with that. I know you, Anthony, you're still there in audio, right? All right, I thought I I thought I heard him a second ago. <laughs> Kravtsov for Zuccarello straight up. Yeah, I wish. 
Yeah, um, I think Minnesota might say no on that one. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Just, <laughs> uh, Char- Steven Lorenz to the Rangers for a third in 2023. Uh, I like the player. I-, I don't know if he's worth a third-round pick, though. I'm going to go give up a third. I-, I think I'd rather give it up for Tyler Moth than Steven Lorenz. That's just me. By the way, Phil, do you have any other um, news around the league that broke around recently? Not really. Um, it's really just the Chikrin talk at this point. Um, uh, he, it, it's, it's really just it's, it's Gavrikov and Chikrin that we're waiting on at this point. Yeah, yeah Christy. Con- Connor McDavid on waivers. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Which, by the way, we were talking about the different uh, trade deadlines, the waiver deadline in baseball. All players go through waivers. That that that's just a, play, people don't for, forget about that because it's, it's a matter of if they put them through waivers and they revoke them. That's the thing because I mean, there's lots of times they'll they'll put their guys through waivers and then be like, uh, just and they're just doing it for due diligence purposes. They're not doing it for anything else. Like you know, the Mets will put through. Pete Alonzo. Somebody goes, I'll take Pete Alonzo. No, you know, we're going to take him back. There you go. Because uh, that does happen a good amount with a lot of these uh, things. Going back to going back to this, I mean, by the way, uh, Saturday afternoon, Islanders had that loss in, in overtime. And one thing I was arguing, Phil, is depending where the puck is, uh, it, the puck itself couldn't cross the line unless it was possession. Now, talking with fans that day, all of them said that's not possession. Kicking it to your to your stick, uh, your stick. It you is. told me it is. It is. It, 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 it absolutely is possession, and it, as as long as the if if he had lo- like all right, so if if the puck got away from him, then that wouldn't have been possession and wouldn't have been onside. But you're allowed. That's a continuation play, and that's allowed. I, I've literally seen this rule before called a rule. So um, mm. I, it, it just, it is what it is. All right. Uh, let's get some more comments that are down here. Yeah. Arizona needs to lower their asking price. They're not going to do that. That's what it basically comes down to is Arizona's just, there's just too much for, for chicken way too much. I wouldn't and, uh, to, uh, Chris, I'm going to disagree with you. I think uh, the Wild already have Zook in the budget. He worked great with uh, Kirill Kaprizov. They're not moving him. It's just – it's not going to happen. You know what? He's only got, I think, like another year on his deal after this one. If if, if I remember correctly, I, 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 I don't think he has much time left on his deal, and he's up there in age. So he's, he's 35 right now. Yeah, he's a free agent after after next season. And he's got a no uh, a 10 team no trade for this year and next year. And he's got a no movement clause, so like you can't move him to the minors or anything like that, but I mean, he is movable. Um I get the chemistry is there with Kaprizov and those two probably have, you know, some and they're probably good friends, but I, I if I'm Minnesota, I would really think about moving him and seeing what you could get because it's just – it's the point where they're going to have a lot of trouble with those two dead cap hits 
uh, just wow. Yeah, and, um, and it's real, and it goes up next year. I think it goes up yeah, to uh, it's, it's it's six point three seven six million three hundred seventy one thousand seven ninety four, and it goes up to a million or up a million to seventy uh, or to seven million three hundred seventy one thousand seven hundred ninety four for the next two seasons. So it's a total between the two of them of fourteen million seven hundred forty three thousand five hundred eighty eight dollars of cap space eaten up by two players that aren't even on your roster. That's terrible. Yeah. Oof, that's really bad. And uh, you have Ryan Reeves, Freddie Gaudreau coming off the books after this year. Freddie Gaudreau, you're going to want to re-sign that guy. Yeah. Um, unless, unless you don't – I mean, he had 14 goals and 44 points last year. He's not going to have this type of year uh, – that type of year this year. He's only got 11 goals and 22 points. But he's he's – three goals off of his career high in 23 less games played as opposed to last year. So he's having a, he's still having a decent year. He's going to command somewhere around 3 million, maybe more. Um, Matt Dumbo comes off the books. That's 6 million to kind of absorb the blow. Um, but just how, how are you going to handle all this? Hey, Marcus hey what's that? By the way, Anthony threw this one out there. Uh, Minnesota and Washington working on a deal. And he playfully says, Peter Bonger for Marion Gabrick. In their primes, straight up for each other. Who says no? Uh, I think Washington says no to that. Peter Bonger was a 50-goal scorer twice in his prime. And he did it in the the trap clutch and grab error. Mm. Gabrick was a three-time 40-goal scorer, but... He did it post cap, no two line, uh, no two line pass rule. So I, I, I just think Peter Bonder is the better player. Peter Bonder is a 500 career goal scorer, and Peter Bonder is just uh, one of the more underrated players of all time. Yeah. And if if you grew up in the 90s, you knew his name, and he was just a terror with the Washington Capitals. He was a Capitals. Ranger killer, too. He oh, my goodness. He killed the Rangers. D. Ely said, as a Canes fan, I would not hate it if they picked up Simmons off waivers. By the way, uh, did, it did, was did, nice does, to see you. But can Wayne Simmons play that type of game at this point with all the speed that Carolina plays? With? Yeah. He's I, too, I, don't, he, I just don't know about that. He's too slow for them. I do have to mention and give you a shout-out because there was a shout-out for other trade talk uh, videos – on different channels and they picked you of course they go to the smart ones so that's that's one reason why i gotta give you a shout out on that i i actually had the clip of it i think it was uh i forgot what channel it was someone picked us oh no somebody picked him picked him Him for one of his comments so okay cool yeah i think it was uh uh it wasn't hot take hockey it was somebody else uh, I was I, I saw it. I'm like, damn it! I got I got to send him an email That's on this. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, Az is saying, would the Rangers move in the offseason uh, for cap reasons to resign players? Uh, Goudreau's three point six million. Could see it. I could see could it, but it. Phil, that's a tough ask. That's another. Five, uh, that's about four more years at three point six. They're going to have to retain some. Maybe a little bit, maybe somewhere to get them around like two seven five. I think Goudreau's worth like two five at most. Yeah, know? yeah, and then you could you could probably retain like a million. He, Barkley Goudreau is a hell of a player. 
But even if he was traded off the Rangers, Philk, Gerard Gallant would still play him 18 minutes a game on the Rangers. So Probably. Probably. So there we go right there. All right. Um, we're going to uh, – I know you're going to be going going off in a minute. We're going to go yeah, for another 10 more off. minutes. Uh, we'll go to 3.30, everybody. So Kratzoff to the Habs for uh, Wi-Fi. And a third. Uh, uh, yeah, I see the I don't Canadian think Montreal player. moved him. I say Montreal says no. I don't think they move him. But I'm going to sign off, though. Everybody, you have all have a great day. It was uh, awesome to do this, guys, with the, the backdrop and the weather outside. This is cool. Well, probably the coolest one I've done so far. And I've done uh, I've done this on the road two other times in North Carolina. So it was both very yeah. fun. But, uh, so it, it is fun to do a show on the road. So. Yeah, it is. It feels yeah. nice to be away from New York, be in this nice weather and, you know, be outside. So. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to do one in Arizona when uh, at least one in May. So I know that. And I, I know there's going to be other there trips that are going to be booked. Phil, enjoy Florida the rest of the weekend. Will do, guys. Everybody, take care. Let's go, Rangers. Um, I'll try to keep everybody updated on the Big Apple Hockey page on Facebook if I can do a final buzzer. It just depends on where I am tonight um, after the game. So maybe, maybe I could do one maybe even tomorrow if I have some time. And just do a quick one. Uh, who knows? But I'll keep you all updated. Uh, D saying, come to the stadium game. And, <laughs> I wish. And believe me, I I wish and I was My really hoping to try to get there. Kill me if, I, if, I, if I ended up going to Carolina by myself. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's not going to happen. All right. Phil, take, take it care, easy. Everybody. Have a great time. Let's go, Rangers. All right. Uh Goudreau to the Yotes would make sense. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out Anthony's thing right here, even though he's he'll he'll hopefully he'll join us before the end. Um, Macargliano was saying Kratzov for Hoaglander could happen. Hmm. All right, we'll have to look into that one. Uh, but going back to what Chris also said, Goudreau to the Yotes would make sense. They have the cap room for a long time. He can help the young players for the remainder of his contract. Yeah, but I think also when it comes to like a guy, a guy like Bark Goudreau, he's one of those guys, those depth pieces that really help you work harder towards the Stanley Cup. So that would be one thing. Um, I got to go with what Sean's saying right here. This deadline has a Yandel feel to it. They know they are close and it's time to spend draft capital. I agree with that. And also part of the other things that are coming, sort of like with you're saying the Yandel trade, because uh, they traded Anthony Duclair in that trade, and a lot of fans killed it, but also knowing Buchnevich was coming. This one, I would say, you have draft capital to trade. I don't think they're trading any of their hot forwards or their their young hot shot forwards, their, their first or second overall picks or Filipino. I do have to say, though, if they trade guys, Brennan Ottman's going nowhere, absolutely nowhere. He's... They they're they're high on that kid, and it looked like he was going to make it out of the, the season. Who knows if the Rangers decide they don't want to pick up anybody, they might want to bring him up after the OHL season ends. So we'll see about that. Uh, th that would be a bad move in my opinion, only because they have the slide contract. You're you're going to have to get yourself out of cap hell. Slide the contract one year. 
All right. Chicago and Arizona already said they would easily take on, on salary for good assets. And by the way, how you doing, Romanel? Yeah, by the way, that's the other thing. Goudreau does have a modified no-trade clause. He's listing 15 teams every single year that he cannot go to. Uh, presumably, I would say probably all the Canadian teams because that's what most of these guys do, which is weird because I would I would gladly sometimes just go play in a, in a hotbed hockey market. Uh, 322 right now. We have a 38 of you watching guys. If you haven't already done it, make sure you're hitting that like button, uh, that like button for us. And, uh, that, you know, be or smashing that like, or I, I love doing this graphic of the hand of God. Oh, appease the YouTube gods. All right. Let's get back to some of your comments right here. Um, Minnesota loves their goons, so I'm going to say they were targeting Dale Hunter. <laughs> I love when uh when they have those on there. Brian Bellows and Basil McRae for Callie Johansson in a second. Wow, we are just throwing all the names out there. By the way, if you haven't seen it, Basil McRae uh, had the comment of, I played in the NHL for 18 years. I was in the Mighty Ducks for 30 seconds, and everybody remembers me from that. I mean, it certainly wasn't for Mike Madonna's acting. So, great hockey player, not much of one. Iceman, I do think everybody is going, uh, just, you know, Max Domi gets traded now at every single trade deadline, I think, so. Because he's going on this one. He went on the last one. Kind of interesting what happens with Max Domi. In the rest of his career, but uh, I think it would be too much of an ask. But you know what? Maybe hard to it's hard to gauge what Max Domi brings. I don't even know anymore. So, uh, <laughs> uh just me saying, play in Canada and you have a nightmare taxes. Yep. What do I think the likelihood of Kane coming to the Rangers still is? Sean is asking, and I got to ask, I got to say this. Nope. I don't think it's happening. I think that's, I don't think they got the deadline cap space right now. I'm on the Rangers cap friendly and they have $1.6 million in deadline cap space. Absolutely not. They'd be better off trying to get that fourth line center, shoring up that fourth line. And uh, as you guys mentioned before, there's a, the, and I even mentioned it before, AZ saying Sean Lafferty would be a perfect fourth line center for the New York Rangers. I agree that extra year on his deal could be a sticking point to, to get that up there. Music is in the comments, but I'm going to get to you in one second. Uh, Jay is saying hike to the senators for Austin Watson. I'm going to have to do further research on that because Austin Watson, Austin Watson sounds like a NASCAR driver right now in my head. Uh, I don't have the most thorough knowledge of prospects. That's why I got Phil and Anthony for that. Music is saying that the Rangers do play the devils in the first round. Do you predict the devils goaltending holding up? Here's the thing. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, music's, I think that you hit the nail on the head with this one. And I talk about this all the time. Career high, I believe, for um, 
uh, for Vitek Vanacek in a season is 42, maybe 43 games. And I have something uh, that I have something that I could say. And yeah, we got we, we got this news that's breaking that we've we've known this for a while. We've kept it on under ads. But uh, Patrick Kane is interested in the New York Islanders and he's not going to go there to be a rental. I've been told, but I do have this question whenever I, I ask about goaltenders conditioning and endurance. I always called it the Yaroslav Halak rule, but now maybe lower that number because a lot more teams are using tandems, but okay. Yeah. And he could still go to Dallas for this year and end up signing anywhere he wants in the off season, including, uh, by the way, Jay, thank you. Watson, tough physical center. I'll take a look at those. Um, I'll take a look at his numbers in a second, especially before 330 hits. Uh, so when it comes to goaltenders that aren't accustomed to playing every single game, the Stanley Cup playoffs ends up showing that they can get gassed pretty easily, uh, which actually I thought Igor was gassed at the beginning of last year, He and he got his second win pretty pretty good. So can Vitek Vanacek do it? I don't know about that. I just, I just don't know about that. Uh, Here's an interesting name. Let me throw that out there. Uh, yeah, Kane said it basically was that that was one of the places that he was looking at. He's. It's still hard for anybody to just fathom this is where I'm going to move on with my career. Chris Frost is saying, how about Hugh Suter, the Rangers, for Kratzoff and Gauthier? Um, let me look up what Hugh uh, Suter is making with Detroit. Is I can't believe Detroit snapped on him, but three point two five. He is a UFA. That could be that could be an option. How about this one, Oscar Sundquist? Oscar Sundquist would fit more of the, the the mold. And uh, two point seven five. He's a UFA at the end, pure rental. That's not a bad decision to go for Oscar Sundquist. He already helped, I believe, the St. Louis Blues win the cup in twenty nineteen and. Yes, he was on that team. So it was that was one of those guys that in daily fantasy I would always take him and he would always produce. So yeah, I would I would actually think Oscar Sunquist would be a better addition. Let's see what we got here. Watson on the faceoffs. Let's see. Ottawa got Watson and he's 1.5 million. He's a UFA at the end of the year. And let's get some of those stats on Austin Watson and quickly. Uh, Austin Watson. Uh, his face-off percentage is only about 40%. Uh, he tends to fit more in the mold of a winger. Four goals to assist, uh, uh, six points, minus 11. Yeah, that that fifty six point that fifty six penalty minutes of that ninety one. So if you if the Rangers wanted to go for toughness, they can go there. Leave Goudreau at center, but no, I, um, it's not a bad decision. And obviously, Tyler Mott is there. Here's a question: Does Ottawa now the guys poo pooed it before, but does Ottawa stick with uh with their roster even though they're at fifty five points? They're within shouting distance of the New York Islanders right now and and the Washington Capitals. They Ottawa has 53 games played, Detroit and Buffalo 52. 
Ottawa's got 55 points. Detroit, Buffalo, 56. 61 is Washington currently in the playoffs. So both of those teams have at least three games, all three of them, if not four of them, which is Buffalo and Detroit, have four games in hand. But you got to win those games. And the thing is, they're going to they're gonna have some games against each other. So that's what's going to make that a little bit more interesting. All right, let's go on. Uh, but yes, Patrick Kane did have some doubt. Um, uh, Patrick Kane did have some interest in the New York Islanders. He's a big fan of Matthew Barzell. Although right now, Matthew Barzell better get working on that game to justify that contract. Uh, NYR for Life is saying, do the Rangers re-sign Nico Mikola at the end of the season? Capo seems very excited to have a fellow Finnish player on the team. Let's see what we got Mikola making right now. I think he's only making just under a million, maybe a little bit less. And yes, it does help when you have somebody to associate with. Uh, Mikola is making 1.9. Can they do it? It's going to be a tight squeeze. It's going to be a Tyler Mott situation, sort of like last year, where they might need to... Uh, they might they might need to part ways with them at the end if they can't get the number that they want. So that would, uh, but also you know Miko has been a Ranger for two games. Let's see how he plays. Uh, yes, and that is true. He does have interest in the New York Islanders. Hugh Suter would uh, Chris Frost is saying Hugh Suter would have better depth scoring than Sunquist plus. Playing with Goody and VZ would be nasty. I think uh, VZ is on that line with Trocek and Kreider the rest of the season. I think that's they're going to use that as a shutdown line. And they've been doing pretty well. So, Ideally uh, saying Ottawa has been trying to get Ranta from the Hurricanes. Why? <laughs> I mean, I know why uh, as a backup goaltender and he's an upgrade I mean, they already got Cam Talbot, so they might as well get Cam Talbot a successor as well uh, in Auntie Ranta. But, uh, you know, how many more ex-Ranger, often injured goaltenders can you possibly get? And unfortunately, I think the one reason why they're doing it and the answer to why is there's, it's, uh, unfortunately, that that incident with, with, uh, Anton Forsberg happened and I think it's both knees. He, he ruptured. That's, Oh, that's just nasty. Uh, if Kane was a left wing, it would make sense. But right now uh, we have too many wingers. I think that's uh, for the Islanders. That's data survival saying uh, 1.9 million. No way he resigns. David saying uh, you have Ben Harper and the team likes Robinson. Yes, they do. So I would have to say, again, it's a Tyler Mott situation. Does it actually work like like that he wants to stay? Can they get the right price? Brett is saying Harper better than Mikula anyway. And you know what? Harper is Harper is definitely a good depth piece. He, I think he's going to be better than Justin Braun was last year. How about that, everybody? A Justin or actually got it right. And uh, I think that's, that's definitely the better comment. Uh, or the better defenseman to go with Talbot uh, Talbot's injured. Yes. Cause he always like, it's, but th- by the way, Steven, thank you very much. Welcome to the show. Uh, there's, there's too many of these, uh, just goalies going down. Ronta's always injured. 
UFA at the end of the year. But you know what? If anything, the Canes proved you need Auntie Ranta for that team. People want to rip on the uh, the Rangers for beating backup goalies last year. Again, first off, Pittsburgh had that series won. They let the Rangers off the hook. And it wasn't just because – and don't blame Louis Deming because – Tristan Jari was in game seven. They had a two goal lead in game five and game six. And then in game seven, they had a lead in the third period. Um, then uh, they get Auntie Ranta, who did not look like a backup at all until he let him one bad goal in game six. And then the Rangers just smoked him in game seven. So um, Patrick saying, Bro, Kane could show us the way to the promised land. His numbers are still solid as hell. Let's go Islanders. The only thing I would be concerned about with Patrick Kane being on the New York Islanders is you have two pass-happy guys on the power play. You need some guys that are just going to shoot the puck. Chris Frost is saying, what about Varley to the Knights for Hill and Martinez? I think that deal, if the Islanders drop out of the playoff race, is likely. But unfortunately... They're still in it because also, by the way, uh, Scott Mayfield is going to have value at the deadline if the Islanders drop out of it, but I don't think they're going to. Brian DeHubby is saying trade Halak. He's been playing great and his value is high. Uh, they're going, to, uh, we're going to ride Chesty to the playoff as always. You're correct on that. There's only one bit of bad news, and it's funny to say it. Yaroslav Halak has got a no move clause, and I believe it's a full no move clause. Full new move clause for Yaroslav Lock. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. Stupid Rangers. Uh, sorry, stupid, stupid fingers. Anyway, uh, Rasmus Kapari for Kratzov. I don't think that's happening. Uh, I don't think that's happening. Uh, State of Tomorrow is saying, yeah, Barzell is a right wing now. Well, someone is going to have to play the left wing. I'm thinking Nelson Horvat Kane. And uh, Barzell on the second line. Well, spread out your assets. That's what you should do. And I don't know about moving Bar- Nelson to the, to the left wing, though. If you do that, then Barzell moves to the, the center of the second line. But Kane said he's wanted to play with Barzell. So that's that's something that's in there. All right, everybody. We're at 336 right now. I'm going to start the music to say bye-bye. Because, after all, that is the song. I am working on getting a situation where you guys can actually download this song because I love this song. It's a great one. Nelson riding an 11-game points scoring streak. That is right. Kratzoff, Kratzoff, Jones, Gauthier, and a second to Nashville for Tomasino and Cheneau. I, I still think I still think it's uh, Nashville that balks at that. So, um Romanello saying all the Kane talk is leaving a major team out of this discussion. Uh, I'm sorry, major item. I'm sorry. All this Kane talk is leaving a major item out of discussion. He isn't healthy. His hip is shot. Uh, what would you trade for an aging superstar at this point? That's a good. That's a good point. And also, I just don't know if Kane's got that thirst to go anywhere else because his entire career was in Detroit. Maybe Buffalo at some point, but I don't think it's. I don't think it's there, but yeah, Brock Nelson's been almost the rain. I want to say, I almost want to say far and away the best player on the Islanders this season. And he's been doing well. So let's start the music. Let's get a couple more comments in right here. Like I said, 
we have a lot more that we're going to be planning for the trade deadline. I got a Matt Barzell bobblehead already ready to go. Um, I just hope there's more for us to cover at the trade deadline than, than just all the trades that already happened. There's going to be a lot of them. You don't have to wait for the last minute. Uh, Patrick saying it's a good point. We can uh, we get eight weeks out of a guy. Yeah, but you want to get more than six to eight weeks if you're not guaranteed. Basically guaranteed a playoff spot. Like the Rangers are in. If the Islanders go, let's see. It, this this is the reason why you have to hesitate. If the Islanders had 57 games left, they go uh, it's 23 games. Nope, sorry. 25 games left. Uh, let's see. Uh 25 games, 17 points would get you, uh, 17 wins would get you 95 points. 17, oh, nope, 17 is 34. Oh, that's right, 95 points. Is that enough to get the Islanders in the playoffs? Because the Capitals, who have 56 games, can go uh, with those 17 points, get the 96 points, and they still have an extra loss that they can have on there, so... I mean, it's it's a rough go. But the thing is, we were talking about this earlier. Teams are not letting the Islanders off the hook. Like, if this was last year, the Islanders already would be toast. But they're not because the Capitals and the Penguins are still there. Sign Kane in the offseason. Stater Survival says it's just, uh, just to make us. It would just be so much better for us, yes. How many, Jay is asking, how many trades do you think Drury will make at the deadline? Will Kratzoff go at the deadline or, or at the NHL draft? He's going to the deadline. I don't think he's, I don't think they're going to even entertain having him a few more months. So, <laughs> Chris Frost is saying, well, if Kane is like Bon Jovi, who says you can't go home. Great song. By the way, the first song by a rock band to go number one on a country chart. Uh, Patrick is still saying, but ahead of the Islanders is Pittsburgh and Washington, and they both bums. I spice that up. He just said they they both bums. But uh, yeah, you know what? And but the thing is, Pittsburgh's gonna improve, and I still say Sidney Crosby is probably the toughest athlete in sports to knock off his game. That guy raises his game so many different times. But uh, I think the seven points between them and the Rangers, they're not catching the Rangers. Uh, now, Pittsburgh's got bad goaltending, and they're only 5-2-3 and three in their last 10. They're getting Jari back, but is Jari really the needle mover as a goaltender? Let's be honest about that. So, let's, we got that one right there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Romanel saying, if the Rangers come out east, it's uh, coming out of the east, it's likely... They play New Jersey, Boston, and Carolina. That's one L of a road. I agree with that 100%. Uh, 100% on that one. Because it's... Now, what the order of those teams are going to be is what's going to come into question. Because the Rangers get hot. Division isn't out of the question. But we'll see what what else they want to (laughs) do. 
Jari is the Islanders' favorite goaltender. I agree with that one 100%. And he had money on the Islanders in that series because that pass he made to Josh Bailey was still ridiculous. Jury should keep Kratz off now that they can bank cap before the deadline. Oh, sorry. The jury should trade Kratz off now that they can bank cap for the deadline. Dave, I agree with you on that one. And also, he'll he'll get a return, a small return. My goalie, Chris Vince, my man. Which, by the way, Chris, uh, just to point out, Mark Williams' face-off extraordinaire. Yes. Um, Chicago wins uh, too much, and they have to realize to move Kane. The team still want him. We'll be close to a deal like uh, Chikrin because Arizona will wait it out. Yeah, but the difference is Chikrin is signed for two more years at, I believe, $4.5 million. That's what's going to really help the, the Arizona the Arizona trade. <laughs> And yeah, legend in your own and in, in my own mind. Um, the Eastern Conference is going to be an absolute bloodbath this year, and I'm going to get the Chris Frost comment on that. Kratzoff for future considerations could also help free up a deal, and then you end up picking up something with what you get left for them. So anyway, Chris Frost is saying that it's been one hell of a road all year in the Eastern Conference. You're right about that. My question is: Did Boston peak too early? Is that even possible? Um, can you peak when you're going to probably shatter the NHL record? So, uh, I think I would have to say, I would say the Rangers go Devils, then Carolina, and then uh, look out. They might get Tampa again. And, and I, and again, I like the way what, what the Rangers are building right now with us. 36 of you guys are watching me. Just ramble on right now. Thank you very much. You've all been fantastic. And uh, Patrick had a good laugh on that one. Uh, Roman Ellis asking, Keandre Miller over under five and a half million for four years. Well, I think you're going to see a bridge deal. If the Rangers can somehow bridge him under five for about two or three years, that is a huge win. He's not getting $8 million, not right now. And arbitration might be involved, but they might in all these arbitration cases, nobody wants to go to arbitration. So uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting on what Miller gets, but if Miller can somehow come in on, that's a good number, Romanell, but if Miller can somehow get closer to five or maybe even 4.5 and only do it for three years and then keep an RFA year in there and then you can pay him on the next one, that would really help. Uh, Patrick is saying just how scary Tampa is at this point in, in the postseason. Hardest goalie to eliminate in in the NHL is Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, Miller would get the uh, Noah Dobson contract. I agree with that one, Anthony. See, Anthony's always still here with, his, with me in spirit. Um, so, the Dobson contract... Is well, I want to look that up for you guys right now because no Dobson, hell of a year last year was doing well, well for the I'm just no Dobson four years, oh, sorry, three years at four million dollars. That's what we got for no one Dobson, and he's still an RFA after that arbitration eligible. Uh, going back to Keandre Miller, he is not actually wow, that's a good hammer that the Rangers have, he is not arbitration eligible. That is a big thing. I did not look it up until just now. 
the Rangers can undercut him if they want. Not that they want to. They want to pay him something, but it's just they're going to – don't be surprised if he actually makes under four. Not having – on a second contract, not having the arbitration hammer is a big thing. So don't be surprised about that. Would you sell high on Heedle at the draft to get another first-round draft pick to re-sign Tarasenko? At the moment, no, I'm keeping Philip Heedle. Uh, that was an article on BigAppleHockeyPodcast.com uh, that I wrote, uh, Time to Drink the Heedle Juice. He's starting to really come around, except his face-off numbers are still abysmal. Tomas, how you doing? Possibly late uh, question, but what would Barbashov cost? Uh, Philk had this one. In um, in the who said no? Let me get that one for you. And I think it's a sensible trade. I think it's uh, an NHL level prospect, the guy that could play in the league right now. Twenty twenty three second round pick, uh, twenty twenty four fourth round pick, and Ivan Barbashev at fifty percent retained. I think that's good. By the way, everybody, if you remember the Pure Hockey, uh, just go to Pure Hockey. I when, when I was in there yesterday, I felt like I was uh, Randall in Clerks. When he went to the big time video and just uh, praising it. It was great. Awesome day. So, but everybody, it is time to end the show today. And it's always, it's always fantastic doing these shows right now. 34 of you that are still watching. Uh, we're going to sign it off for today. If we get some major breaking news, we will definitely come back on. And if it's not just me, it'll be Anthony. If it's not just all of us, we'll, we're, we're always going to be around because whenever trades are made or games are played, we're here. Come right back up. And thank you, Jay. Oh, I have not seen Clerks the Ray. I have not seen it. I heard all the jokes misfired, but I mean, I, I owe it to the Clerks because I love, I love uh, the second movie especially. Patrick, thank you very much because, again, it's it's great to do this. Uh, I haven't been able to do much work on Instagram the last couple days. Uh, so, also, there's uh, lots of stuff to go with there. Uh, so, tonight, I'm expecting the Rangers are going to take care of business against the Vancouver Canucks. They, they're probably heavy favorites. Don't sleep on them because that's where the Rangers almost lost to Vancouver um, a week ago. So, don't, don't do that. Uh, go beat the team while they're down. And especially while Thatcher Demko is not in the nets for them. And uh, J- yeah, Jay, thank you. And uh, oh, yeah. Hey, by the way, I never, I didn't say that for you, Patrick. Sorry. Thanks for streaming, brother. Let's go, Islanders. I have to throw that one in for you, even though those words certainly cannot come out of my mouth. Uh, any trades before the deadline or they wait until the third? I think that's going to be an interesting situation, Jay. And I think. There is going to be trades. There's definitely going to be some trades that are going to be made. I could see the Rangers waiting till the third, though. Seeing if some prices can come down. That would be something. Oh, by the way, actually, my cousin who played this, uh, who played this song, uh, unfortunately, he's been gone 11 years. Uh, but uh, his daughter plays in Huntington and in... Uh, and in Farmingdale, I got to see her at the Villager last week, Karina Antonucci. Go check her out. Or even check out Karina Antonucci music on uh, Instagram. 
because it's great to have a lot of talent everywhere in my family. I wonder where mine is. So, everybody, thank you very much for joining us, and we're going to be back. I'll look for more segments from this show and some more segments that we're going to be doing throughout the week. Thank you very much, and take care.